Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The RPG Show. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by one awesome guy and one amazing guy, and I'll let you figure out which is which, uh, but we got Kevin and Kyle here. How are you guys doing? Doing well. I'm good. I'm ready to talk about the last Suikoden. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's still three more, or two more, I think. Uh, well, I mean, technically, there's the Gaiden games, and then you got Tear Crease, and then that Japanese only one. Well, this is the last main Suikoden, right? There's no six. The one in the continuity, I think, yeah. Yeah. No six because, yet. I mean, uh... te- technically, Tear Crease is in the continuity, but that's because they decided to put parallel worlds in and shit or whatever, so. But the last one in this continuity. Yeah. It's not a parallel universe. Not the multiverse. No. Maybe unless the remake sells really well, so everyone buy it when it comes out. Yeah, buy physical and digital on every console you have. <laughs> but uh, if you're new here, uh, this is a show where we talk about... Uh, games and general generally rpgs as as the show's titled um and what we do is we talk about a couple aspects of each game uh typically the gameplay stories the visuals the music slash voice acting our overall experience and if they're how replayable the game was and if there's any extra content Uh, and we do a rating scale from 0.5 to 5 uh there's half scores in between um yeah, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's do a little, uh, I guess, catch up because I haven't talked to you guys in a while. Uh, you been up to anything uh, fun besides Wigan Five, Kevin? Uh, uh, after no, I put a lot of time into this one for the most part. Um, I did play a couple other games. Uh, I think I, <laughs> for some reason, I wanted to play Proper the Rapper and. Yeah, that's like basically a mini game. <laughs> Just, <laughs> um, I didn't realize how like short it was. I like I played it as a kid and I haven't played it forever. And it was like, oh, this will be like a. I want to get like a kind of short platinum, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's it's a really short game. Um, 
It's all it's all in the mind, Kevin. Yeah, and, and Amy came in when I was playing it. She's like, "What are you playing?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I played it as a kid for, and I was like playing it for nostalgia, I guess, and yeah, it's not good. Um, what else? I think there's another game I played, uh, but other than that, I've been playing like the next game, um, which is ogre. Well, do you want me? To, I guess I already said it. ogre. But ogre battle. It's, it's not ogre battle. It's Tactics Ogre Reborn, but close oh. enough. Yeah, it's one of those games. Technically, Ogre Battle is reserved for the RTS S like type games, and the Tactics Ogre is more of a grid-based, turn-based strategy thing, or whatever you would call it. Like the closest thing most people would know would be Final Fantasy Tactics, but yeah, it's like Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Um, oh yeah, I played another. I played a uh, visual novel. It's called Loopers. It's pretty short, and it was like. It's kind of like a Groundhog Day type thing where you relive the day over and over again. And then there's other people you find reliving the day and you kind of break the cycle type thing. But uh, it was uh, it was okay. It wasn't that great. But other than that, that's all I've been doing. What about you? Uh, a lot of shit. Uh, I've been roped into a bunch of uh, boosting sessions and a bunch of multiplayer bullshit games, so been doing that and then uh finally made time to play Swickenden and I kind of binged it all this past week. I think I did like fifty hours this whole week or whatever. Wow. Uh didn't get through as quickly as Kyle did. Like he he did it in like three fucking days or something from when he got from Wayne Rain Rain Wall or something you said. Yeah, I had to go back because I missed Killy um, talking to him in the prison. I think we all followed a bad guide, honestly, through some point of this and um, paid for it, went ahead back 22 hours, something like that, but then finally moved it from my basement to uh, just my laptop and was playing it upstairs and I was watching my son and all that, so it was a little easier to get through at that point. Okay, okay. Well, shit, what have you been playing then besides this? And I guess Tactics Ogre, anything else? or? Yeah, I mean, like, I haven't been on since, God, a couple episodes ago. Um, I played through Chain Echoes. Um, that was a good time. Uh, finally got through LEGO Star Wars Complete Saga. It was nice clearing that up. Um, I started a couple more games. I was playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga off the Switch. Um it's a little too complex. I hate switching between, like, six powers with only two buttons. So, like, I kind of got halfway through that and then gave it up. And I started playing uh, Ark the Lad Twilight uh, Saga. I'm trying to get through that as well. So, got a couple of things going on right now. And then uh, also playing the next game, um, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Pretty far through that right now, but it seems like it's going to take a while for how many different routes there are. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, I didn't realize I was like a like I knew it was a long game, but I didn't realize it was like a hundred and fifty hour long game type thing. So, uh... <laughs> so be definitely definitely getting a lot out of it though. Mm-hmm. Seems worthwhile. Having a good time with it so far. But uh... but yeah, I can't believe I missed like one of the most important. Well, I didn't miss the most important character. Literally, the first battle I had her got knocked down a well and didn't realize that they didn't revive afterwards. <laughs> so, kind of screwed myself on that one. That's kind of bullshit. Yeah. 
Oh, well, that's that's part of the fun of this shit. I guess apparently the Super Nintendo and PS1 versions are like way worse. So there's lots of quality of life stuff they, they put in the PSP, then they, I guess, refurbished or reworked the game some more for the this version. So uh, I think I read something that uh, there's like titles in, in this version and also the PSP version. And there's like a title for completing the entire camp main storyline without having a character incapacitated and then another one for not having any characters die and somebody like some people are saying that's like more in line with the difficulty level of the original version of the game so i'm not sure if you just like if the character goes down they just die forever than that one uh which wouldn't put a which wouldn't like uh i guess be strange for i guess the story they're trying to tell or like it's war is fucked up yeah, I think I think in the original they die permanently right away, and then the PSP version they get three deaths, but they don't have the three turn countdown like the newest version does. Makes sense. Okay. You know. Sweet. Well, I guess I guess we'll talk about that one in a couple months. <laughs> We're all fucking some of that shit. Uh, I mean, we could probably talk about it after we do a first playthrough. Uh, unless y'all want to wait until you do the entire three runs, if you're going to do all three storylines or not, I don't know. I'm going to personally, but well, I'm yeah, probably will end up doing all three. But I did law first. Okay, cool. I'm going to do all three, but I read somewhere the fastest way to do it is chaos first, and then recruit like I don't know all the characters yet because I'm only on chapter. Oh, the shamans. Yeah, you recruit them, and then that helps you like get through the game a lot like you can pretty much put the battles on auto or something and uh you can get through the the other two chapters really quick so that's Sweet. what that's kind of what i'm gonna do oh, okay not having fun playing it huh not having fun playing it you're just gonna let the game play itself well, i'm gonna play it right the, the first time through Hey, well, got... I've read like a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, just put the characters on auto and the, the, like, and then walk away and come back when the battle's done." I'm like, "What the fuck's the point of playing in the game then?" But whatever, teach their own. <laughs> I'll play yeah. it. Right, I'll play it all the way through one time, but the other two times I'll probably do some auto battling because I want to get to uh, trails. So that's like the carrot at the end of the stick there for me. Yeah, that's fair. Because if you didn't guess yet, that's the next game. So, <laughs> oh, good to know. Figured as much. <laughs> yep. Trails of Azure. <clears throat> well, let's. Uh, I guess let's get into this game then. Um, so, Tactics Ogre Reborn. It's uh, as I kind of mentioned before. It's like the third iteration or fourth iteration, I guess, uh, of. Tactics Ogre. You're talking about Sweet Which, yeah, we're well, we talking about Sweet and Five. Fuck you! You're fucking <laughs> goddamn it! You're right. Dad, I'm all about Tactics Ogre right now. <laughs> uh, that's all good. So Sweet and Five. Uh, it's the fifth installment uh, in the Sweet and series. Uh, and it's the last uh, actual like Sweet and game, in my opinion, that was ever made. Um. Because, to my knowledge, like, Tear Crease was... Some, they gave it to some dude who wanted to make his own... Like, he had his own story, and then they, like, made him make it a Sweden game. And so that was that. And then, like, they have another one. 
that came out on the PSP that never got uh, released out of Japan. And that one is also about some like time travel thing or something, maybe. I can't remember. Uh, I remember looking it up like once and being like, oh, oh, it's, one of, it's another one of these things. Okay, cool. Uh, but this one, Suikoden 5, not Tactics Ogre, uh, was released in Japan on February 23rd, 2006, in North America, March 21st, 2006, uh, Europe, September 22nd, 2006, and Australia, October 13th, 2006. Um, and I guess it, they never made any more because it didn't sell as well after Suikoden 4. So uh, I'm not surprised. Because I do remember when it came out, though, I was trying to get everybody to buy a copy that I knew, and I was unsuccessful in getting anybody to buy a copy. Yeah, which they, they probably wish so. they did now. <laughs> yeah. The thing's worth like a couple hundred bucks, I think, right? Uh, oh, maybe. I've got I, I mean, I've got a copy. I haven't looked it up. Um, But yeah, we were talking pre-show, like... uh. Suikoden 4 sold really well because everyone's still like, yeah, Suikoden. <clears throat> and then uh, 4 was garbage and tactics no one played. And then 5 came out. And uh, they're like, they probably, you know, rented it or whatever. And they got through like, you know, the first day of renting it. And they're like, this is another garbage game because they didn't give enough time. And that's probably what happened. <laughs> Yeah, it sold less than like 200,000 copies its first year. <clears throat> That's just a shame. It does ha like it does suffer from pacing issues, I guess you'd call it. Uh, yeah. And it's definitely a hill to get over before it starts actually getting good, quote-unquote. But uh, it's still a pretty good entry in the series. Definitely better than 4 and better than 3. So, uh, But this particular... Game, as uh, with all the Sweden games, uh, centers around political struggles in a certain area of this world. Uh, this one in particular takes place in the Queendom of Felena, and it is 60 in universe years before the events of the first Suikoden. Wait, how many years? Six? Six. 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 Gotcha. Six years. Not five, not seven, six years. Good? Yeah, I, I got you. All right. <laughs> I thought you said 60 uh, at first. I was like, wait, that's six. I thought it was six. Okay. No, no. Uh, not that many. That's that's like Suikoden in four territory, but even more. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always, I always thought it was like weird. They just never tried to keep going past Suikoden in three in the timeline. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll keep doing prequel shit. But whatever. It worked out okay for this one, I think, because I kept it in the same like era so you, you you could have like the cool characters come back from other games and shit which they did mm -hmm. which is nice to see but um this particular uh Sweden, i think it only has like 65ish like combat characters i think uh, it feels it feels like a little like a reduced roster of characters you can use in combat because of the way the war battle system works. Because I feel like the other Suikoden's had like you could use like eighty of of the hundred and eight, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Don't forget the uh, Do Re Mi elves. Fuck those things. <laughs> Did you get the last one? Like, all five? Yeah, I got them all. Did you waste your time on that, Kyle? No, I didn't. Did you get any of them? Uh, I got two of them. I was just okay. like, screw it. Yeah, I got I got four. And, like, during the, the, the night before the final battle, uh, Cornelio, or whatever the fuck his name is, is like... I would have had a full fucking complement of Doremi Elves for my concert, but some lazy mediocrity didn't was too lazy to get the last one or whatever. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got them all. Just... I do that, man. Damn. Oh uh, well, the guy I followed made it pretty easy. Like, that, that, as long as you have open spot and it doesn't take that long. So, um, but then when you get them all, uh, you get the the sound check at your base, so you can play all the music there. Yay! <laughs> I know it was totally, it was totally worth it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, um, the so the director of this game is uh, Takahiro Sakiyama. The publisher is Konami, obviously. Um, the writer is Kazuyoshi Tugawa, and there are four composers, which we'll get into, I guess, more in in depth later. But there they are: Yoshihiro Tsukahara, Kashi Watanabe. Kuniyuki Takahashi and Chihara Mukayama. Uh, I don't recognize any of those names, so <laughs> I don't know what else they might have done. But uh, that's that's all these people. I almost feel like they're like they're just new people to the company, maybe. Yeah, but who knows? Um. So if you've never experienced a sweeping game before, essentially the way each one of them work is uh, you are a happy-go-lucky protagonist and uh, you live in your life and then all of a sudden shit goes bad. And it's not just like uh, you dropped your uh, ice cream cone on the on the ground bad. It's uh, like your dad just got fucking murdered and you got thrust into a war and somehow... With no experience in anything, you are the de facto leader of said uh, army, and you've got to win a war somehow. And you spend most of the game recruiting uh, random-ass people, uh, and sometimes animals, and sometimes monsters onto your side as you fight against the great evil that's uh, threatening to overwhelm whatever country you're in at the time. And... uh, Usually the politicking is pretty good. It's they don't uh, show you like the opposite sides, uh, like stratagems or like ideas or anything like that very much, uh, which I think is a detriment because I really like that kind of like uh, political war politicking stuff. But I guess it's not for everybody, and that's probably why they don't bore most people with that shit. Uh, and instead, there's a lot of, like, power of friendship typey stuff, which is okay. Uh, it's not, like, my personal favorite, but it's part of the experience, and it's not too bad. Uh, it does lead to a lot of wholesome and heartwarming moments on occasion, so that's always welcome. Uh, but, well, I'll get more into the whole storyline shit when we get to that section. Um, so we'll start off with gameplay. Um, 
And Kevin, you want to start us off here? Sure. Uh, I'll start off, and then uh, Kyle, you wrote a lot more stuff down, so you can jump in on anything that you want to add. Um, so, standard battle system, um, turn-based uh, RPG, um, but you have uh, six characters for... for uh, that's the standard, basically, for Sukladin. Um I know in four you only had four characters, right? So they went back to six. Correct. They went back to six because probably people were like, "What the fuck?" Um, and then in this one you have an entourage uh, where you can have, uh, I think, two, four. Yeah, four extra, yeah. four extra people that you can carry with you. And you can carry more people that you can battle with, and you can switch them out during the battles, or you can ha- have like um, like NPCs that give you kind of like stat buffs, or uh, you know, one of them is like this doctor that heals you after every battle, um, you know, different things like that. <clears throat> uh, one one guy like one of the characters makes you move fast on screen when you hold down triangle. You know, there's different things like that that you can have, um, which is nice. Uh, but for the most part, I try to keep mine. Uh, there's like a healer. There's like a guy that gives you more money when you win battles. And I th- think there's another. I think I can't remember all the ones I used. Is there anyone else you guys use more in your entourage? Uh-huh. Marina with the healing, Egbert with the potch finder, and Murad with treatment are your main three. And then usually you have to bring another like story driven oh, character yeah. or something. Like Zw- I hate Zwig because he's garbage and you have to always have him in your party. So he was always yeah. in my entourage. <laughs> At least he has a tutor for, or not tutor, but the. Um... Treasure Hunter. Yeah. Treasure Hunter first... or whatever. Yeah. Oh, or no, uh yeah, treasure hunter. Yeah. That's yeah, treasure it hunter, that's it. And that gives you better uh drops or more often drops. Yep. I can't remember. Probably more often yeah. drops. But um I think so I looked it up because uh I had I used Murad and Babbage and then uh the Potch Finder dude, what the fuck his name is E whatever. Egart or whatever the hell. And I looked up because I was trying to farm boost runes, shards, pieces, whatever. And oh, yeah. apparently, are... according to speculation, is each rank you have in Treasure Hunter gives an additional 1% chance for an item to drop. Jesus. And some of those uh, drops are like 5% or something like that. So if you have everybody that has the tre- Treasure Hunter skill and you get them to their max ranks, um, you can, I guess, pretty much boost like that 5% up to like 25, 20, or 30%, something like that. Mm. which is great for trying to get prosperity ruin pieces because those are always only 1%. Yeah, but then I also learned that you most people just say fuck that shit and just beat the game the first time to get the hunter rune in the final dungeon and then on the game plus to have that. And if you equip that on a character, like their accuracy goes down to like a 5% hit chance, but if they do hit something, uh, they just make sure that whatever the, the enemy they hit always drops whatever items they drop and then so you can abuse a tactic uh go formation tactic to unbalance all the enemies 
which makes accuracy 100%, and then you just hit them with the character that has the Hunter Ruin, and you're good to go. Oh, yeah, I remember reading that that tactic, but I was like, I don't... I mean, I have I had like 7 million potch when I finished the game, so... But you also apparently grinded for 30 hours, so <laughs> not, everybody's in, not everybody's in that same boat. Well, you were taking forever to play the play the game, so I was just like, I'll just keep playing. That's fine. And I just grinded everyone's SP up to max, and uh, everyone had all their maxed uh, skills. Which uh, I can. That's a good segue into skills. So, part of the battle system is um, you have skills you can equip. Uh, so the standard ones like. You know, attack or defense, technique, vitality, agility, or there's magic ones as well, like magic, magic defense, magic sword. And uh, those those increase your stats in those uh, areas. Um, then once you get later in the game, you find like basically the combos of those skills. Like So it'll be like attack, defense, technique, all in one. And you level that up all the way uh, and it gives you more attack and defense and technique, so you can basically uh, make your uh, character super OP. Like my George's attack was 722, so he just crushed everything, and it was really great when he attacked like four or five times. <laughs> he would just murder people, so I had fun with that, you know, building that up. So I know everyone probably thinks I'm crazy, but I mean, I liked it. So, um, you you grinded for hours in Suikoden in five, and I grinded for hours in Saga Frontier. So, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, there's yeah. games you like, and, and just that makes me happy, and that was fun just steamrolling over people. Um, but uh, this game, uh, so yeah, in battle you have your standard, um, magic attack. Uh, item. What else? Yeah, that's really. I mean, like the battle. It's it's similar to all the other Sakuten games. You got your six people. You can attack stuff. They can attack multiple times. The skills are were in, in addition in three. I think four and five both continued them. But the only real new system in uh, five would be the uh, the formations where you can kind of switch. You can get uh, instead of just two rows of three, you can get different. I don't know. It's like fifteen or twenty total. It'll give you different bonuses, the way you stack your characters. Um, they still have the S, uh, M, L for, you know, short range, middle range, long range, all that kind of stuff. Um, they still have, you know, the army battles are a little different in this run. Um, it's a lot RTS based. The the battles in 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, they're all turn based you kind of move like a chessboard and then do whatever actions you're doing this one is real time um so it's a little more intuitive there a little more interesting but unfortunately some of the uh some of the objectives are a little too simple or kind of boring overall um so it's a it's a good army battle system different than the rest but not crazy or not that great um duels are still the same as every other and it's rock paper scissors uh strong attack defense and normal attack um otherwise honestly the gameplay like it, it you know 
the show's covered every other Sakoon game. It's not that different um, than, uh, than any of the other ones. Yeah, I forgot to add that they have Bribe on there as well, and um, there's yeah. Auto Battle uh, per turn if you want to use Auto Battle. Um, so that way you don't have to... Because it is kind of uh, time-consuming sometimes to... When you hit the regular fight uh, option, you know, you got attack, defend, you can use your rune or items, or there's co-op attacks also, like uh, all the, the other... Uh, Suikoden games, so if you just hit auto, it is, they'd all just attack, but uh, sometimes it takes a, it's a little bit slower if you do it one by one. Um, yeah. So you... Honestly, I, I auto-battled every random battle like, in the game. Like, if it was a boss battle, I'd choose, but every random battle was just auto. Yeah. I autoed literally everything until the last dungeon, where I took off all my good shit and was like, oh, fuck, I have to actually play the game. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but uh yeah that's the standard attacks um yeah and like you're saying the war battles there there are advantages and disadvantages uh to to your units um you have like archers that it's kind of like the same kind of paper rock scissors where archers beat the cavalry cavalry bef- defeats the what do they call them just the infantry infantry or spear or spear um and then there's like certain special units you can get uh, where there's like the what's that uh, mercenary group you can get? They have their own kind of special moonworm mercenary. Yeah, and they're I think they have a stronger attack. Um, there's like a catapult you can get. It's more like a slow. It, it's very weak, but it has far like a, a big range. Um. And then there's also ship battles, where it's like uh, you're on the water. Sometimes it's just a ship battle. Sometimes it's both ship and land, which is kind of hard to like maneuver between. Um, it's it's okay, I guess, because when you select a unit, like time stops. But when you don't have it selected, it's like everything's they're all coming either towards you, or, like every, the the battle keeps going. So. Sometimes you press select and check select view battle, and then you can pause time and move your shit around and do whatever you want. Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> I just had everyone go into a certain point, and then I kept moving around. I guess I upped my degree of difficulty on that. Um, yeah, it's basically an RTS. But uh, yeah, there's ship battle. The ship battles are kind of the same thing, where there's archers. Uh, there's a ram and. Se- uh, ship does a ship that rams people, and then there's just your regular uh, infantry ship, um, and then you have beavers, uh, which uh, are strong against all types of ship, and also you get the drag the the dragon. What are they called? Dragon knights. Dragon knights that can uh, also are strong against all ships, and both the beavers and the dragons can go on land and water. But the beavers are garbage on land, so you just leave them in the water, and then the dragons uh, are good on both land and water. But you don't get them to like the last couple battles. Um, anything else you're uh, missing on the war battles? Well, you have like special moves you can use. So when you do go do go in the battles, you get like runes you can use, or you can do there's like a charge attack sometimes. 
Um, so you'll automatically... You won't lose any soldiers, and they will. But as, as the game gets hard, like, goes on, like, you take away... Like, they'll have 300 units, and you'll still have, like, 100 or 150. So you really have to wear them down. But then you also get heals, where you can get uh, units back. So uh, there are some conditions some battles where you get like extra loot for having a i forget what they call it, like a plus battle or yeah it's a victory plus victory plus so um and that's usually when you finish quickly and you don't have that many uh casualties so as long as you're playing well and uh i don't feel like the like the the way you play the war battles changes too much from like your first battle to the last one because even though the enemy numbers increase the main strategy is stock as much like usable shit on your your parties as possible like if you have 10 charges each charge takes 2% total enemy health away or whatever and so five of those will kill a unit yeah. if that's what you want to do so it really doesn't matter if they have 100 health or 500 because five charges still kills a whole unit but it does get more complex when the enemies start getting like full heal fucking flowing ruin bullshits and they heal 500 goddamn health back and you're like okay <laughs> yeah you just gotta keep attacking it like you gotta go to those uh, flowing ruin guys and knock them out first um but it's uh i got i always like try to kill all the units and i still got the victory plus i think it's depending on how many units you have left yeah i think you have to get like under 100 there was one time actually i had zero units that were lost but it took me maybe 40 minutes to do so and i only got a normal victory for that oh. there's also one uh mission where even if you kill everybody you still only get a victory because the goal of the mission is to force one of the ships into the dam or, or or the fort like it's the hatred fortress thing or whatever and so if you don't successfully push one of the enemy units into the fortress you, you it doesn't matter like if you do it if you finish the whole mission in like two fucking seconds and you kill everything and you don't lose any dudes you still can't get a victory plus oh maybe that was that oh yeah, so there's, like, there's like there's like my biggest gripe with the war battles in this game is there's no preparation screen. Like, you have your build your unit screen, but there's no, like, hey, look at the battlefield, or hey, decide where you want to put each one of your fucking units, or hey, uh, I, I, you have all these uh, skills that get added to your squads. Like, you get muddle, you get rumor, you get relief, you get rest. I, I'm not going to tell you what the fuck to do until you put it on a unit and you get into a battle. Yeah. But uh, figure that shit out for yourself, buddy. And it's yeah. like, why isn't there like a pre-view like view map thing or something like in that menu somewhere? I don't understand that shit. But. Well, I don't understand. Like, uh, what I didn't like is like in 4, you can like build your ship like with, with whatever characters you want so that when you have the battle, it's already made. Whereas like this, every single time, you got to fucking re, like, redo the units. And then, yeah. and then yeah. the ones they, like, force you to are, like, the shittiest ones. You're like, I don't want to fucking use this guy. He sucks. And then it's like, oh, he's locked in? Fuck. Or, like, why... Okay, if I'm using the Prince or whatever, why do I have to have the fucking two other people that don't give me any benefit where I can actually, like, increase, you know, the, uh... 
whatever his rune is, you know? Like, his rune yeah. is pretty awesome because it attacks, it kills people and heals you. So it's like, I can never, like, upgrade it. So basically you have to get Zerace and uh, use that star rune and, like, get that to, like, I think the most you can get is two or three. And... Yeah, you can get three if you put both um, Cyro and Shinro, I think, in her group with extra. So it's just like, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> right. So yeah. It was really aggravating like, the last couple of battles, because they give you they, they shaft you with that archer unit that has one of the uh, the damn leaders of uh, Lech, Lech, whatever the fuck that place is called. Lechler. Uh, yeah. What's, talk- what's the place with the, the three fucking towns that get attacked? It's like Lech something. Lechler. L-E-C-L-A-R. I oh, think. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. I thought I heard, thought you were saying Blackwater. I was like, the oh, fuck I'm are you sorry. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's like him and then like two other random units. And it's like the worst archer unit I've ever seen in my life. And they're all red. Like you can't take any of those party members out. And so I was like, thanks for just gimping me, game. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be the end of the game. I should, I should be using all my like, if I recruited all the characters, I should be able to like u- utilize the characters I've uh recruited it's like half the good characters you can't even use i'm like fuck so that was a you know. yeah, the only time i lost any units was the last battle and that's because i got fucked by the ships where they have like the three archer ships on one side and then you have the two like a one ram and two command ships on the other side yeah but the, you can't like move your ships across the bridge so if you fuck up and like the game that the game doesn't let you fucking choose where you can put your ships so if you have the wrong matching ships on one side, they're just going to get obliterated, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so I had one side of my like army just got fucking wiped out because I didn't have any way to fight any of the dudes over there because the fucking layout wasn't right. And luckily, the people I had on those ships were unable to die uh, due to storyline reasons or whatever. But I was like, fuck, man. If I have to restart this shit, I don't think I saved for a couple hours. I don't want to do this shit again. Yeah, I got lucky on that one because I had Zerice on a ship on one side and I had that Beavers on the other, and I had some flowing runes on both sides, you know. So, and then I was well, I was able to draw in like I kept them close to that bridge, so that way I can use like some of my other units on the bridge to like shoot them as well. And I was able to yeah. I was able to like take out all the uh, ones like the the one side where Zerice was on like. She just obliterated all of them, and then I had them. You can literally go around the bridge to get to the other side, and I had them like pincer attack them and get them from both sides. Plus, I had the beavers on the other side, so that helped too. So, I got lucky on my like, I didn't know where they were going to be set up at, but I got lucky where I had like my heavy hitters in the water, and then I had the my regular cavalry on the land, so. I was able to like defend on the that bridge because they don't really send anybody on the bridge towards you, like one unit or a couple units, but they were pretty easily defeated. So yeah, yeah, that was a that was a fun one. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, then the only other thing, like you said before, was the uh, the one on one battles. Um, I felt they had a, a good amount this game. Uh, it wasn't like too much, but they did it. I think they used them at the good, the right time, um, and a right amount. So, 
uh, I liked at the very very end you get to choose who got to fight that last one. That was pretty cool. Uh, against yeah, against uh, what's his name? That crazy dude. Dolph huh? Childress. Childress, yeah, fucking Childress. And then if you had like any of the like if you had Richard or whoever was in the first, um, it's a guy. The guy or any of those guys. You've had him in your party. Or Belcoot. Belcoot, yeah. Belcoot. Yeah, I had Belcoot just destroy him. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I got Belcoot got his revenge. So, that was cool. If you haven't watched it, you should watch the Richard duel because the whole time he's just like sassing Kildrich. Oh, really? It's just fucking hilarious. He's like, oh, yeah. The... Uh, like He finishes him off and he says something like, uh, well, you were easier than I fucking expected, or some bullshit. And it's like the whole personality of Richard, like in combat, like in general combat, where he just like fucking parries everybody, like it's no big problem. Yeah. And like it just translates to his character, like in the personality wise, during his conversation in the duel, and it's it's pretty glorious. Yeah, I definitely could use more Richard. Like he's awesome. I love Richard. I had him in every like well, my my main party the whole game. Once I got him. So. It's just easy mode, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the whole fun. game's easy mode. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's just fun watching him fucking just go ham on people. Like they come and attack. I had him like the lead, uh, like the short range the lead guy, and that everyone tried to attack him. He like evade him or parry him and fucking rip him up a new asshole. I'm like, yeah, Richard. And then when you have Richard and George and Belcoot and for my final party. That was awesome. It was glorious. There's also one thing uh, that they added to this one. I guess that people couldn't cheese the duels too much. Is it like the five second time limit? Oh, yeah. And they're like yeah, four. So, yeah, you basically, like, if you, there is a guide and it's like, there's probably like 30 or like around 30 different sayings each one of them have. So, but there are like a lot of similar similar ones, so for the most part, you can kind of guess it once you kind of, you know, read them all. But sometimes it's like tricky too, where they're like, it's really a block where it sounds like they're gonna do the special. So, but for the it wasn't too bad once you kind of could read them. Yeah, they definitely invested more into this game. Because, like, I think on Tsukiden 4, like, each character only has, like, two or three lines that they can say per, like, attack or defend or special attack or something. But in this one, like you said, there's, like, 30 total. So I very rarely saw the same quote twice. Yeah, did you watch... Did you, uh... I'm guessing no one defended the castle, but did you watch... Hell no. No. (laughs) Did you watch for, uh, Roy... Like beats Childress and then like he gets fucking arrowed, and then Childress like just kicks him off the bridge. It's pretty gnarly. Uh, I haven't seen that. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like if you do defend and like he, he like basically goes out like to fight Childress because he, he's like, come on, Prince, let's do a one-on-one battle, and you're on your way out there. But Roy had already made it out there before you, and like basically takes one for the team. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a bad strategy because obviously, like you just flood the the fucking castle and wipe out half the army. 
Fair. Um, anything else battle system wise we need to cover? Ah, I think we got it. Uh, well, I mean, as as in every other Spookadon, uh if you use a lot of mages, you can also do uh, combination magic attacks. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and there's, I guess, this ties into like stats too, but uh, the way you, like magic works in this game is each rune you equip uh, can have different, like, four different spells on it, depending on your magic level or your stat, and then you get. Uh, also, depending on your magic stat, you have like a certain amount of casts of each spell. So I guess it's kind of like the first half fantasy in that regard. Um, and then you can get other, other ruins that let you attack and re- refill that, or you refill that with an item or rest to get it in. Yeah, there is a uh, bunch of different types of ruins. There's like magic uh, uh, ruins that give you magic attacks, basically, or there's like buffing uh, runes, or there's like special attack runes. And there's stuff that just breaks the game if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the game's easy, so I just like had fun breaking it and just like I don't know. I like the watching the animations where your guys like evade attacks and you know counterattack. I thought that was cool. Like this, was it like this in any of this? We can, I know four wasn't like that, but was it in two or one? I don't remember. I think the one and two was just basically attacks, right? Uh, well, two, I think, introduced the concept of multi-attacks. Uh, so it might have started there, where like your characters just move and attack different enemies or do multiple attacks on one enemy. But uh, I mean, it looks more dynamic in that than it does like in Sugaden 3, where you also have multi-attacks, but it's just like the whole... The game itself, visually, is not very exciting. Yeah. So... <laughs> it's... Uh, like, they, they do similar stuff, but like it's not... Like dynamic, I suppose, uh, and then like four, obviously, that's very traditional RPG where there's almost nothing happening. But so yeah, this one they definitely added a lot of spice to it. Yeah, I really, I, I really enjoy the battles, even though they're short. Like because you, you know, it's easy. But uh, I do like it was just, you know, if you're in auto battle, you know, just watching them fight for you know twenty seconds is fun. And then when you get to like the boss battles and you have to actually try sometimes, um, that's it was fun for me. So I enjoyed it a lot. All right, mm-hmm. I guess battle system. That's it. Think so. Um, character growth. Uh, I think we mentioned it already, but it's a thousand XP or EXP to uh, level up, and. As your levels kind of match the enemies, uh, you gain way less experience points. So it's easy to catch characters up, but once you're uh, kind of at the level, you can't. It's really hard to keep leveling, so you can't like overpower. Um, but that's where the skill points come in, because uh, that's how you really boost your attack and magic and all that kind of stuff. So. You get SP per battle as well, so I think um, there's re- there's party SP, and each character gets the same amount of party SP, right? I guess I never really looked into that, but I just assumed that's what it was. Whatever they the, do, yeah. Whatever the party SP is is what the characters get as well, so you can basically double your SP each battle. Um, no, no, it's a little different, actually. Yeah. Uh, each each enemy gives a certain fixed SP, uh, and then they also give a certain fixed party SP. 
Yes. It's the party SP is usually like a very small amount though, and the like individual SP is much larger. Uh, like there are some enemies I was fighting where I, each one of them like dropped a hundred regular SP, but only like thirty party SP oh. and shit. So yeah, that uh, like if you look at Suikosaurus's bestiary, they have a decent amount of information on each like individual creature and what they drop and stats and all that shit for some reason. And it, it shows how much SP versus party SP they give. And yeah, and use that to upgrade your skills. Um, so uh, if you want to be like me and grind and get max everything, uh, you can probably get 90, 100 hours into this game. So That's, it depends on where you choose to grind, though, because I think in the very like the very end of the game, obviously, uh, around Storm Fist. Uh, you get a decent amount of SP and stuff, so and also experience points, so it might be like best to grind there. Yeah, I didn't grind to like the end of the game. Well, I did get okay. There's two places like you grind in the big hole, <laughs> which makes me laugh. But it's called the big hole. But uh, grow up, Kevin. Goddamn. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I laughed at you. I can't remember what I told it, like when I got to the big hole and I was like. I said something. I wish I could remember what it was, but um, if you go there with Gene, there's a character you can recruit where you can get, go even farther into the dungeon, and there's a room where there's a a uh, special like there's an optional or there's like a boss that like respawns every thirty minutes, um, or you can reset the game and the 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 monster will keep respawning every time you reload the game. Um, so you can cheese that and get a bunch of these armors that they drop that it drops, and you can sell that for lots of potch um, and SP. So that's another place you can kind of grind for a little while. Um, so I did that as well. I don't know if you guys did that or not. Uh, no. Yeah, I, gr I grinded the blood armors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I had like ten of them. Yeah, and then I moved on. No, I didn't. I just beat it. I beat in the game enough times. Yeah, this is only my second time going through it, so I probably will never do that again. But you know, I'll probably never play this again on PS2. But if I ever play it again, it'll probably be if they ever, you know, do a remaster or remake. So yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's character growth. Unless you guys have anything else. No, covers pretty well. Uh, mini games. Um, so there's a fishing mini game which was I didn't like at all. You're like on a boat and you gotta like move around and then stop and then fish and then I don't know if there's I was doing something wrong, but all the big fish were just boots and shit. I was like, what the fuck? Like pots and boots and now there's a very small percent chance for the big fish to be anything, and it sucks because you have to play that game a minimum two times. There's a there's a fish you got to get to recruit a character, and then maybe it's two characters, right? Yeah, you get the cooks from getting the strange fish after you unlock Sabula by beating Sabula in the fishing game. Right. And yeah, I lost I lost the first time in like the me too. I, I think like... you have to honestly. I lost it both times I went through the game. Oh, I didn't lose. <laughs> Well, I lost because I was going for the big shit, right? 
and it's like like you said it's like question mark pots boots fish head fish tail i'm like give me a goddamn fish man and then by the time i was like fuck it started going for the smaller ones it was like too late and i think i lost by like 20 yeah something i'm like man fuck this game some bullshit once i noticed that like the big fish just give me the same shit i was like fuck it i'm just gonna sit right here and then whatever comes to me comes to me and I beat her by like ten points. <laughs> well, the, the shitty part is like I did the rematch, and the very first big fish I got was an actual fish, and it was like four hundred fucking weight oh, or shit length or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, why can't you just do this before a game? <laughs> yeah, so there there is some things in this game that are kind of annoying that they should. I feel like they could have done better on that kind of stuff, where it was annoying stuff. Um, so besides fishing, which you do need to recruit characters, there's a high-low card game you can play um, with basically you're guessing if the, the card if someone draws a card then you guess if the card's higher or lower it's like a recruitable character you can get which I never played because well I played once or twice just so I can play it but I was like I don't I don't care that's this annoying do you guys have play that one at all no I mean it's just blind man's bluff just a get length of the yeah, character that's tied read, with it like you're supposed to be able to read the the the, the facial expression on the screen and i was just like uh, i'm not wasting my time with that um then there is dragon racing where you can it's kind of like a dumbed down version of mario kart where you're riding dragons and there's like fast like basically you're run, going around a circle three times I did it a couple times, but like the controls suck, or I didn't want want to learn the controls to get good at it, so I just dropped it. Did you guys play that at all, Nick? Nope, I didn't play any of that shit. Okay. I think uh, I forgot all about it, but because I think can you even do the racing by the time? Because you because it's like one of the last things, right? You unlock the Dragonites. Yep. And. But then, like, you have, like, a brief window of time before your shit gets fucked up. And I was just going along with the storyline by that point. Uh, you can do it until endgame. You just gotta talk. Yeah, but you get kicked out of the... Because you flood the the castle. Yeah. And then you get the the Dragonites, and then, you're, like, you're roaming around there, and you can't teleport for a while. And then you go straight to Stormfist, and you take that place over. And then you're like, all right, we're going to Solfellina now. And then you go there, and then you go to the last dungeon and the whole time i was just like all right yeah i'm just i'm gonna go finish the game and i just totally oh. forgot about all of the, the games i left the dungeon and went back to the castle but any anyway, so you can do that <laughs> but uh yeah dragon you can also bet on dragon races i didn't do that but there's like a way you can win or i don't know i didn't look into it um and then there's like a matching tiles uh, mini game you can play with one of the investigator people, that fat chick. Uyo. What was her name? Uyo. Oh, okay. And then uh, with Egbert or whatever his name is, you can play checkers. And it's a fuck. He's fucking the best checkers player ever. <laughs> and it's annoying because I wanted to win, so I think I, I've. One night I played like four hours and I beat him like 12 times. And I think you have to beat him like 50 or 60 times to get all the... Because every time you beat him, um, you get a new checkers piece. Uh, it's a, And the pieces are all the different characters. 
And if you beat them, right. and if you get all the checker pieces. Uh, there's a new, there's like a skill you can learn from him, but it's not even and, the best one. And just to save ourselves, like we're not that dumb. We can't beat AI in checkers. It's a five by five checker board where you can jump your own pieces and other pieces. And there's three different types of games that you have to play to beat all of, or to get all 108 or 112 character pieces that there are. Yeah, you're playing a computer that knows every, like, if you make one wrong move, he'll double jump you. And you have, like, redos you can you can use, but you can only, you only get so many. And you just have to learn to be aggressive and uh, box them into a corner. Because if you play defensive, they just destroy you. So I figured that out, and then I got okay at it. And then I was like, okay, I spent four hours on this. This is <laughs> too much. And I stopped, so... Those I think are all the mini games, unless there's anything I missed. Uh, that's it. I mean, for mini games, they're not bad. There's like a decent amount, but some of them are like kind of lame. Like the only I think decent ones, in my opinion. Well, yeah, they're all kind of lame. Dra- Dragon Racing could have been better. Fishing's okay, and Checkers is okay. The other ones are kind of dumb. Just kind of putting some kind of uh, card games in there, I guess. Yeah, 5 is definitely on, like, the lower tier for mini games compared to the rest of the series. Well, it's better than 4. <laughs> well, it's, like, yeah. the only one that doesn't have Chinchiro in, right? Which is yeah, that's trap. really it. Chinchiro is, like, why don't you have this? Yeah. Where'd, where'd uh, you know, turn on that one? They didn't use it. Okay, that brings us to Traversal. Um, for the most part, you're just on foot. There's uh, some ship ports you can like go back and forth to, but for some fucking reason, they make you go sit through the whole animation of going down the stream or the river. To... Hold on, real quick, you don't have to do that. You can press triangle and skip it. Damn it! Did they... Yeah. Did they tell you that and I just missed it? No, they don't. They don't tell you that. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Anytime I had to take a piss, I was just like, uh, let me ride the boat real quick. Because there's one that literally, like, when you go from, like, that, where the Dragon Knights are, all the way back to your base, it takes fucking forever. Yeah, from Cyrano or whatever. I'm like... Okay. Yeah, I, I found that out maybe a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, thank Christ, this shit takes forever. So, yeah, other than that, you got, once you go to a place, Vicky can teleport you there once you get Vicky. Which you get her pretty early on once you get your castle, right? I think you've... it's it's like right before you get the castle. Right yeah, get... it's not that early on. Um, it's what? like twenty yeah. hours in. Yeah, like twenty hours in. Well, yeah, a bit nice. It's pretty good for Vicky overall, though. Yeah. Um. But yeah, once you get Vicky, you can just go wherever, unless it's like story reasons you can't. Uh, shops. Okay, you have an item shop, art, which just, you know, sells items, like, heal items or, you know, stuff you can use in battle. Armor shops, where you get armor. Uh, trading posts, so that, I think that, I'm, was it in three? I know it was in four. Uh, Nick, do you remember? Uh, I don't, I don't think I heard what you said, like what you asked. The trading shop, the trading posts, were they in all the games, or I can't remember. Yeah, huh? 
Uh, no, they, they have trading. Well, That's right. It's two. They have trading in one and two. Gordon's in the first game. Okay. So yeah, trading post return where you buy rice in one town, you can sell it for you know a profit in another town. Um, but in this game, once you get past Rainwall, you don't really need it anymore because you have enough money by that point. Um, because basically, what you want to do when your base is Rainwall is uh, get gold in one town and you know trek your happy ass all the way to another side of the map and sell it. Um, I think you can get upgrades on some of these things where they start selling for more. But it's a lot. I guess that could kind of be a mini game too, um, the trading post. But I never really messed with it all that much. Did any of you guys use that? I'm guessing no. Not really, no. Just to get no. uh, the character. Yeah. yeah. There's there's always a, like another either a side activity or another method of making potch in a speaking game, and the trading post is like a novelty. Yeah. Um, it'll maybe get you started on something it and that is if you want to dedicate the time to like learning what what sells low where and what sells high where or whatever but it can also just like take that time and just go fight shit and yeah make more money make more money and also get, and get levels yeah and get experience so and sp so it's like there's not really an incentive to do the now or they don't make it worth it, where it's like you're making ten grand, and it's like that doesn't really buy me much at that point. So it's also like limit availability too, so you can't just like yeah. get yourself loaded with fucking pearls or some bullshit. Yeah, you buy like and two gold and two pearls or three pearls, and it's like oh, I made twenty grand, but on my way there and back, I made twenty grand <laughs> as well. So yeah, Especially... it's more of a oh yeah, I remembered I can do this thing and you go buy it and then the next time you're in a different area you say, alright, can I sell this for anything here? Yeah. Yes, no. And there's also a way to make a really annoying character to recruit because you have to like have certain conditions and then you gotta buy all the sugar or something and sell it back or in... Salt. You have to wait for salts to be overpriced. Yeah. So... And... The the shop refreshes like the rumors don't refresh except for like every twenty thirty minutes or something. Yep. And so you can you can either save scum, which is what I had to do, or you can just play the game naturally and remember every like thirty minutes to go check a charting post out and, make, and see if salt's expensive. Yep. Because when you save scum, like the the trick to it is you save right before it switches. So basically, you save, fight a battle go back and check okay it didn't change save again go back fight a battle come back and then well, you don't have to fight a battle it's just a screen change what yeah whatever well, i was just killing time uh because it's i think it's timed so uh, it definitely is and i got yeah. i got the timing down to like 30 seconds which is unfortunate because like the second time i like i loaded my save it was what i needed it to be and i'm like you fucking game <laughs> <laughs> i spent like an hour setting this up and then off in under two minutes, I was like, "All right, whatever, I'm done." Well, mine. Out of here. I was not so lucky. It took me like a little while, so it took me an hour or so before I got what I needed. But I didn't want to, because in the beginning, you got you got so little recruits. I was like trying to like get all the ones I could, even though they stayed right on freaking the ship there, that ship town. But um, 
so yeah, uh, trading post, magic hall where you learn, like you use your skill points to upgrade your skill, magic skills. There's a ruin shop where you can buy runes, equip runes, all that kind of stuff. Blacksmith where you upgrade your weapon. Uh, training hall where you upgrade your attack skills and all those kind of skills. And there's also an inn. Um, and then I guess it's not really a shop, but you have a dude that basically holds all your shit. Um, uh, and you can sell your stuff from him as well. Um, and I think that's it. It's also unfortunately capped to, I think it's like 300 items in storage, something around there. Yeah. Which I found out the hard way. Uh, I never made that far. I started selling shit. Not even close, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a bit of a... So, I got problems. There. <laughs> yeah. All right, what is unique? Uh, building your castle, uh, 100, 108 recruits, that's the, you know, the draw of Sukaden. Uh That is the unique thing. Um, uh, you know, also, like, the war battles and the... Uh, you know, one-on-one battles. Not, ma- I don't think there's any other games that really do that. Um, well, there's war battles in other games, of course, but I think like the those one-on-one battles. I don't know any other games that do that that I can think of. Is there any other game? No. So I mean, they'll do like one-on-one battles and just a normal turn-based RPG, but not like rock, rock paper Sakuten. Yeah, rock paper scissors. What did you say, Nick? It's a, yeah, it's not like a completely separate system. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's unique. Unless you guys got anything else? I uh, just wanted to add, as with all the other Squigaton games, the Godspeed rune makes a return here. So once you recruit uh, Cathar- Catharty? What was his name? Yeah, Carthy. Uh, at the very end of the game, pretty much, uh, you can, if you keep her in a party, you can run faster by holding L2, which is really nice. Uh, but then also you just unlock that apparently in the game plus from the get-go. Uh, so you can run faster in the beginning of the game and that. Yeah. So that's cool. They make you work for new game, uh, the, you know, quality of life upgrades in this one. It's not just given to you like nowadays. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that covers mostly the game, uh, mostly gameplay. Um, Anybody want to go over their favorite characters? Your final part. I mean, I, I'm guessing they're about the same. My favorites were Richard, uh, Belcoot, Kylie, Zaris, you know, the, the heavy hitters. Um, your little, like, Leon. Um, you know, those are my main. main George was a badass. Uh, I, I like Roy once you got him built up. Um, he was pretty decent. Anybody else got some favorites? I mean, no. I don't really have any favorite characters. <laughs> I, yeah, he's uh, the same. Wise, I mean. there's, there's a document that somebody made that's an Excel sheet that shows uh, like total stats for all the characters based on how well they deal with physical damage. Uh, so I sourced that and then sorted everybody uh, by their stats, and there's like 12 or 13, I think, characters or something that are able to do a shit ton of damage. 
uh, and they, a bunch of them have three rune slots open. So I just got all of them and stacked boost, double edge, and power on them. And so uh, up until the very last dungeon, each one of my characters, uh, like half of my party would not get a turn because the other, like the first three characters that went would just obliterate everything. Oh, who were who, who were they? Who'd you use? Uh, well, depending on where I was in the game, I like it was restricted. But I uh, had the main character or the hero character, Prince, uh, Richard, uh, Miakis, Leon, Matthias, uh, Isabel, Killy, Belkut, Loon, uh, and then I used some like weaker characters when I had to fill spots, like uh, Lorelai. Yeah. Nick, but as long as they had three slots open, they just whooped ass, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's every scoot, and just three open slots, and as many physical runes as you can put on there. <sighs> yeah, they did kind of gimp uh, some of the characters that like were also like the teachers, like George and uh, you know some of your magic users. Like we were also magic trainers, and you're like, okay, I guess that gimps them a little bit, but even then, they're still kind of OP. Yeah. Well, all of the, all the best mages get one of their skill slots blocked off because you got Zarasse and Levi have tutor, and then Jean's got Rune Mistress or whatever. Uh, Vicky's got Chain Magic, which is actually pretty good, but then her right hand slot is blocked by the Blinking Rune, so you can't shove a fucking MP Restore Rune on there. Yeah. Yeah, they all have like a little. There's no like. Zaris is obvious the obvious choice. She's the best, but. Uh, all the other ones are decent as well. There's not really a bad mage besides no. the stupid fucking Cornelius guy. Even Kyle's a good mage. Yeah. yeah. Kyle's a good I do want to touch on... Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just say, I do want to touch on one thing um, that Kyle mentioned about uh, how there's still uh, short, medium, and long-range like combat styles in the game. Uh... I did notice that it didn't fucking matter though <laughs> where you put your characters because like short range characters can still attack from the, the back row. I feel like they missed think... more though from the back. Yeah, they hit less uh both accurate and damage. I didn't notice too much if I had to like shove a bunch of my dudes in inopportune spots. So I was just like because I think normally uh like in the other speaking because if they're if they have short range in the back row they just can't attack at all. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is cool. They can still attack, but whatever. Yeah, that's true. Alright, uh, we can go into what are the other things we liked or disliked. Um, the only other things I want to, like, the gameplay I thought overall is pretty good, but like we were saying before, there's pacing issues in the game where you don't recruit anybody for me it was 13 hours into the game so like I mean if someone was renting this game and they didn't recruit anybody for like the whole time they rented it they're like ah oh, fuck this game you know what I mean so I think they might have lost a lot of uh, sales on this game because of that because it's such a slow burn in the beginning and nothing like super exciting happens for a while um, and like most other week in the games like the bad shit happens like right up fucking way <laughs> You know, so um, 
I feel like that's kind of a negative on like it's definitely a negative on this game. But once you get like once you get your castle and your your the game starts like hitting on all cylinders, I feel like it's a awesome game. So it's just like so uneven. Uh, I think it's a big problem. The, the biggest problem of this game. It's not to me. It's not like a bad thing, like a terrible thing, but I can see how some people would just like never like get to that point. Um. Oh yeah, the thing that I didn't like was uh, every time you got like a new character that joined, they have like the shittiest armor and like no skills and or anything like that. And so it's like, why would I use them? Like if you're not like if you're not gonna grind, that's like they're so far behind everyone else when you get them. It kind of sucks. Yeah, that's fair. That's also a feeling of most games, though, because most of the time you get a new character, they don't have like the top tier equipment and they don't have whatever if the game has it like built up currency for customization or whatever the fuck's going on it's not sometimes like, it's they, not... they start them with higher levels of it though at least sure and the, and I'm not trying to like defend this because it does suck like getting a new character and like all their skills are your E rank and you're like okay I'm not <laughs> and you have zero SP but it's like it's why you have party SP at the same time, and to actually level up a character is not hard at all. Just to show them in the party and uh, like in the back or something, and they'll get like five levels each fight, usually. Uh, but again, most of the time, unless you're like really attracted to a particular character, you're only going to use the first characters you get anyway, because like. Uh, it's already been stated you've already invested time in them yeah you have time with them as characters growing so like when you get nick you know he starts off at like level five or something but if you take the time to level him up he's actually pretty good but no one probably ever gets to that point because um everyone they, they basically have their party set by then so. yeah but that's more a problem with the pacing of the game than anything else Kyle, what about you? What are some likes or dislikes you have that we didn't like, um, cover? See, so yeah, I mean, like, I like the Sakuten system of games. I think they're fun. I think the gameplay, while it's not exactly tight or anything like that, it's well done enough that it doesn't bore me, even though I am just auto-battling 90% of the game. Like, I still have a fun time doing that, strangely enough. Um... Mini games are still good. I'd say the worst part about this game is just the traversal of the gameplay. Like, there are so many areas that are just so huge, and it takes forever to get across them. And then you have a 12 to 15 second loading screen in between. And then you have to go through another area that has another loading screen. Like, that's probably the worst part of the game. But overall, like, it's. It's a good gameplay. The battle system's fun enough. The RTS combat's fun enough. The duels are great. So, you know, I, I I'd still give it a pretty good score. I'm like a three and a half out of five on my vote for uh, gameplay. Yeah, the random battles kind of get annoying. Like, there's a there's one like that one forest uh, where it's like a fucking maze, and you're just, oh, just yeah. it takes like an hour to get through it because it's like hard to see where to go. And it's like a fucking battle every five steps, and you're just like, God dang, this is the worst part. <laughs> so, it's yeah. like the, the map they have on GameFAQs. 
yeah, there's a map on there, but it's like you're trying to like see where you're at. Like, okay, there's that treasure chest I got. Okay, I don't know where we're at, but it's like someone had to fucking <laughs> draw a map. <laughs> it's because it's so fucking confusing to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was really bad. There's some there's some bad designs choices they made, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. Like, it's I had a good time overall. Um, you gave it three and a half. I'm gonna give it four because I I mean from the when it was made, it was. I'm not going to dock points because now they wouldn't do that, but um, there are some stupid things they did as well. But I still, for the most part, I love this game. Um, it's just really slow going at the first, at, 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 you know, like I said, 13 or 14 hours to recruit your first character. I think that's, you know, for Suikoden 5, uh, it's too long. Whereas, like, Suikoden 1, you'd be halfway through the game. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, they definitely didn't pace it very well, but I love it. Uh, four for me, Nick. Uh, while I do appreciate like the new additions to the battle system, uh, like the game's not hard enough to really justify you needing to use any of that shit. Uh, yeah. So it's it's like like the formations are in there just to give you something else to I guess fit around with. Uh, there's a lot of broken combinations, ruins, but that's nothing new. Uh, and like, really, they gave you the option to make the game as easy or as difficult as you want it to be, which is nice. Um, but it's I can't. Uh, I'm not gonna give it like a super high score because uh, I don't think it's as engaging as it could be. Um, I feel like if they tweaked the difficulty, which I understandably they can't do because not everybody's gonna like min-max their fucking characters or whatever. And I guess if I hadn't min-maxed my party, it would have been more engaging. Uh but like a lot of times, uh just like doing auto and everything is boring. Um and then like taking getting out of a, a combat which like you said had like a twenty second loading screen to get in and out. Uh, then you like walk for five steps to get into another fight that takes another like three fucking minutes just because of lo- loading and shit. And you're traversing an area for like an hour and you barely make any progress because you're fighting so many battles that are un- like unengaging to me is really a low point. Uh, because like even if you w- wanted to fight the battles and you're having fun fighting the battles, at a certain point you get like you hit that soft cap where you don't actually get any benefit from fighting anymore besides more potch and maybe some SP and shit. Yeah, that's uh, when you just start running. You just run. So it's like... Uh, well, I mean, to me, like, there's not much difference between running and doing auto. It's like maybe, what, 10 more seconds to watch the characters do their animations and then you get the rewards. So you know, might as well just fucking do it. Uh, but other than that, like, the, I had some gripes with the war... Uh, system, as I mentioned before, not having the ability to just like see what the fuck the battlefield looks like, uh, which is at odds with like you ha- you have a tactician who's supposed to be the godly tactician, which is how it kind of works in every speak in the game. Like your, your army's tactician's the best of the best. Like it's it's I feel like you'd have some information going into a a battle that you'd be able to parse as you're making your units or whatever, or even like you said, Kevin, like having the ability to just have pre-made squads or something like that way when you get you load into a war battle you already have your squad set up how you like them uh like just 
shit that I guess that could have been done better. Um, I, definitely a prompt on the screen that says press triangle to skip this fucking ship shit would have been cool to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I I think on, there's other Sweet games where you get the map guy, the cartographer character. Like you can actually get a map that you can open up and look at. I don't. Yeah. I, I, tried, I tried looking at yeah, a map you do. on this one, and it didn't do anything. And all you, all it does is give you a mini map on the overworld. And I'm like, I don't really know where the fuck anything's at, so this doesn't help me. Yeah, uh, it would have been nice to know where you're at in relation to everything else, because the only way to look at the map is like go to your castle and look at the map. And you're like, oh, oh you can look at it in the castle. Okay, I didn't do that. I was just like, I just fucking roamed around. I look, I googled like Sweden and Five World Map, and I found one that people like drew or hand drew or something. I was like, all right, this works. Yeah, I did the same thing. If you go but, to uh, the like, in one of the rooms in the bottom of your castle, that map guy's there, and you can like, he has the map in the room. You can like actually look at it, and you can like see the whole queendom there and you're like oh, okay this is where that is related to that to that to that to that to that sweet okay well that's good to know for my next playthrough yeah and then there, yeah there, uh, yeah that was annoying but there's some things that happen in the game where like hey you, there's like that uh bridge that tr like you break down but then never talk about it again <laughs> like that kind of stuff like it's it's broken forever we took the gear out sorry took the gear out, but it doesn't matter because no one <laughs> They, they still marched on you anyways and shit. And you're like, okay. Well, yeah, like, Rainwall got captured. And I'm like, how the fuck that happened? I thought the bridge was broken. Yeah. But, you know, I guess they had another way to get over there. They went through the mountains um, that only the elves could get through, I guess. <laughs> well, like, we destroyed, we broke the revolving bridge down. We destroyed their fortress. Like, how else did they get in there? But, you know, plot we'll get to, stuff. Yeah, we got some nitpicks in the story where you're like, we're... Where did he get all these guys? Like, it doesn't they don't really do the like the world building part where like they describe like, oh yeah, they have the whole army and they're just protecting the queendom. But, I mean, he literally takes over the whole country like by. Well, uh, they mentioned that, that uh, because we're near in Lokar that they forcefully conscript people, and I'm pretty sure the prince's army doesn't do that. Yeah. So it is like. It is uh, weird to go into like a war battle, and it's like the other side's got four thousand dudes, and you're still only at one thousand, and it's like, okay, yeah. I'm still gonna destroy all these innocent people anyway, <laughs> but uh, the numbers should be a little more even. Yeah, but yes, we'll get uh, to that story. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess for for what it is, like for the product at this time, it's still like enjoyable. If you're into retro stuff, it's definitely. And you're into RPGs, it's definitely worth playing. Uh, once you kind of get over the lack of modern quality of life stuff. Uh, but nothing really like stood out to me this playthrough as like super fun or engaging. So I'm gonna give it a three for gameplay. I just like the the Suikoden like gameplay, like it really scratches an itch for me. Like I just I know there's a lot of crap or stuff that's not well like thought out or done but i can look past it i know yeah some people can't but i just i enjoy the meat of it i guess i would say yeah i'm the same way just like the bare bones of it makes it fun for me i like having turn-based combat jrpgs 
Um, I mean, it's old at this point. What is it now? Jeez, like almost twenty years old. Almost twenty years old. Yeah, but like you don't get that in a lot of games anymore. Like every JRPG wants to be an action game now, or every JRPG wants to have you know like more RTS or real time kind of stuff. And it. it's like I just like selecting combat and having one turn at a time. Yeah, that's why <laughs> it's Ch nice. Chain Echoes was so good because it's like okay, this is like old school shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, ideally, I eat it. will scratch that itch in a modern way. Modern way yeah. It'll be a cross fingers. But we'll see. We'll see how that one works out. So. Yep. <laughs> like I think, like my main gripe with this is just the amount of loading that there is. <laughs> uh, like it wouldn't be that bad if it was. Like modern system, you know, type shit where they, I, I guess they preload all the shit or install so much of the system that it doesn't need to like load too much, whatever. But yeah. no, don't uh, worry, we'll uh, we'll do our complaining once I get to the visuals and voice acting. Good. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was feeling a little left out in the cold because as soon as <laughs> I started being like a little a little negative, the defense force started coming up. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. No, I no, I it's downhill from here. I agree with what everything you said. Like, I just. I look past it because I'm a fucking fanboy, I guess, but <laughs> uh, I, I definitely agree those are all issues that, you know, could have been better. I'm not saying that, that it was all good, but... I... No, I I know what you mean. I'm just... Uh, normally, like, when I, when we had first started the show, I would have definitely been more where you're at, but I guess I'm more jaded from just playing games so much, and I've been able to separate my fanboyism from, like, what I'm experiencing because uh, like this is still one of my favorite series like i would definitely play this game again it's not like it's a bad game yeah. or anything but yeah and also like i feel like we have uh you you're more, a little more harsher i think i'm a little bit less harsh because we've played way fucking worse games that are that have no reason to be worse you know at least there's like reasons for some of the stuff where it's like more modern games that are like you know shit and we play and you're like yeah this is a, a two <laughs> yeah so that's fair. Uh, well, that uh, moves us on to our fuck. Is this the second? Yeah, the first musical break. There we go. I scrolled too far down the stupid fucking spreadsheet uh, or uh, document. But first musical break uh, has has become a tradition. It is the main theme to the game. Uh, in honor of Brent, this title uh, this track is titled "Wind of Phantom," and uh, hope you enjoy.
So, story time. Everybody's favorite. Uh, I'll try to be as concise as possible <laughs> this time because uh, this is going to be a lot to get into. Uh, it, it's it's kind of meaty in some uh, respects, but then uh, not so much in other parts because there's some stuff that like it. It's like it's like lore based, but it doesn't really add to the entire like plot of the the game. But uh, we'll go through and uh, we'll talk about stuff. And uh, feel free to interject at any point, uh, either one of you guys, if you want to add something or correct me on something. Uh, I don't mind. We'll do. We'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so Weekend Five starts off uh, with the main character, uh, his aunt, his bodyguard, and the new, I guess, he's not like the head of the Queen's Knights, but he's, uh, I guess, the newest. Is, this, is George the second command, I guess? <clears throat> I, th- I would say he's the third, because wouldn't uh, Galleon be second? I, I, mean, it's just, that... I thought it's just fairer than everybody else. Yeah, but... See, that's... The... That's what I thought too, but the, like Ferret like specifically recruits George like recently. He and, knew uh, George from the island nations beforehand. Uh, he was his not, like guy. Yeah, they're like buddies and stuff. Like I yeah. knew that, but I got the, like I was got the, I got the vibe that uh, George was like placed like a tier above everybody else because I could have sworn in some like scenes they like other people reported to George, but maybe. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm probably mistaken. Uh, but I feel that way. I felt like George is like the new guy, but he was recruited by Farad directly, so they probably had like he had some like more kind of. Um... Well, I guess my bias comes from yeah. the fact that George is like uh, one of the pinnacles of human swordsmanship, and yeah. so. Maybe there's a like a level of awe or respect, yeah, respect from the other yeah. other people. That, that I guess that I took as meant that there's like he's a, above them in status. But anyway, so there's this party of people, uh, and they are going to uh, this place called Lord Lake on an inspection. Um, and what they're doing is they are. Uh, they were sent there to figure out how bad the situation is in this town. Uh, and it's pretty bad, and it's all due to the queen, which you don't find out uh, explicitly uh, until later on. But uh, essentially, there was some stuff happened like two or three years ago in Lord Lake where they uh, had some problems with the the queen and the government and uh, a bunch of citizens banded together to like pretty much lodge complaints. Uh, and then at the urging of the Godwin faction, the queen uh, took on the sun rune and then essentially destroyed Lord Lake. Uh, like not like uh, materially, but like crushed their soul and removed pretty much all their resources. So that anybody left living there was living in a ghost town and were doomed to die a slow, painful, drawn out death of starvation and dysentery and all kinds of fun shit. 
so your your uh, party's there to figure out how bad it is, uh, and it's mainly just a, sh- a show because the queen has no uh, plans to actually remedy any of this, uh, which you find out. Uh, but your party's there. You're exploring Lower Lake, and you see how everybody in the town fucking hates your guts. Uh, which, uh, rightly so, because it's kind of fucked up thing to do to your people. Uh, and as you're exploring, uh, you find out one of the kids has uh, gone uh, missing while looking for water in like the one freshwater source that's available in these uh, woods that are full of horrible creatures. Uh, you go, so you go there, you go to save the kid, uh, but obviously, like, when you save him, he hates you, and, uh, as everybody else does in the town, and essentially, you complete this little section, this prologue of the game, and, uh, it's, I guess it, it leads you into understanding exactly, uh, how, I guess, bad the sudden ruin is, how, like, it warps, uh, whoever holds it. Or at least that's implied from this whole thing. Uh, because your party heads back to Solfalena, and you have an audience with the queen, and during the audience, uh, you explain your findings, kind of, and uh, you hint, or you, you can either hint at, I think, or just ask uh, blatantly for like some kind of reprieve for the people of Lord Lake. And the queen goes from being uh, nice and benevolent to you uh, to like talking crazy. Um, it's almost and I like think, Gollum with the ring, kind of. Yeah. And I can't remember if Ferret shows up to calm her down or if she calms down naturally, but uh, I think he comes in and calms her down. But that happens a lot where she has to be calmed down by Ferret uh, and like return to her senses. Um, and then, so while you're back in the castle... Which uh, I guess I kind of want to get into this right now, where um, if they know... I I feel like they know that the sunroom make basically makes whoever is using it kind of crazy, but that's what the twilight in the dawn room are for to like help maintain the sanity of whoever's using it, and they just kind of leave them in their temples, right? Well, one's missing, right? So one was stolen, but the other one's there. Yes. Uh... Yeah. But I also feel like it's like a, it's like a weird plot thing that happens where they act like nobody knows anything about the runes. Yeah, uh, they, they like, do though. Um, in the history, if you look into the books and stuff like that, because they took the sun rune from Armis because Armis's king used it to destroy all of Armis, and then Phelan's queen restored the land in the area. So, like, they know the Sun Rune has the uncontrollability, and that's why you have the Dawn Rune in the Twilight Rune. But then in the game, the Dawn Rune was stolen, so that kind of set the whole thing in motion. Makes sense. Uh, it's just, it's weird when it's, uh, I guess, presented to you, because you don't have the information that, like, the Queen would have, presumably. Mm-hmm. Uh so your character is left like in the dark about everything that's going on. And so I guess another thing we should add is that uh, this is a matriarchy, obviously by the queendom uh, label. Uh, and every male uh, that's born into royalty is essentially worthless. Uh, like they're there, but they don't have any power and they don't have any rights to the throne or anything like that. 
So your main character is like I think 15 or 16 years old or something, uh, and you have a younger sister that's I think like eight, nine, or ten ish. She looks like maybe she's a little preteen. I don't know, but she's really fucking young. Uh, and uh, so I get the vibe that nobody has told the prince like shit about like ruling, about how like any of the ruin history is, like any history of like the family or anything like that. Because a lot of the stuff as you come into like the plot is like being revealed for the first time. It feels like, even though you can answer, uh, like you'll get asked questions occasionally, like oh you remember how this works, and you can say yes or no. And when you say yes, the character is like oh yeah, of course you remember, and then they explain it to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's just one of the things like where they they have to do that to explain it to like the player or whatever. But it's just it feels really odd for the main character to not know any of this shit. And part of the problem is it's freaking the protagonist that doesn't talk, you know, it's silent protagonist, and it's always a hurdle to, like, you know, leave them like that because they don't have a personality. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I don't want to get too ahead of it, but honestly, every Sakutin is this way where it's just, like, there's a veil, and then every time you get past a town, part of that veil is taken off until you fully understand the story. But you can tell in this one they they either ran out of money or they didn't have the story fully completed when they started, and it kind of yeah. gets a little wonky. See, I feel like the other games can get a pass because usually your protagonist isn't somebody that's, like, super special. You should be taught this information, like like a tier McDowell, like the son of a general. He does has no like no business being in the army or whatever. I think like him and Grimmy are like, oh yeah, we're gonna go join and like enlist in the army or whatever. Presumably like no like background in politics, no background in anything. So the war kind of comes as a surprise to them, and then uh, fuck uh, Rio. Is like literally some dude that trains at a fucking martial art uh, school with his adopted dad and shit, and then he gets thrust into a war and like li- literally spends the whole game with Nanami being like, "Should we fight? Should we run?" Yeah, I mean, not to split hairs, but he was the adopted son of the greatest general of a nation ten years prior. Well, sure, but like <laughs> this, like is that like something that he like? Uh, I can't no, remember, I... like, because you get the, you see the, the shrines or whatever for the the sword and the shield ruins, right? And then, mm-hmm. then you hear the story about the two guys that were like best friends that fought on opposite sides of the war. Uh, but like, I can't remember if it's been a while if the Nami and uh, Rio were like, oh, this is new information or not. Yeah, no, like I I totally understand where you're coming from, and I agree with you on it. Like the the fact that the that Freyador in this one, I guess, is the technical name for him, is so in the dark is kind of absurd, honestly. Mm-hmm. But you also did understand in the second game that Ryu was completely in the dark, that his adoptive father slash grandfather, whatever, was like literally the greatest general of that side of the war. Yeah. Well, and it's not like you said, it's splitting hairs because, like, it, the, the function of the way the story is delivered in both uh, all the games is essentially the same. Like you said, it's, you're lifting a veil. It's just the context is, it feels so at odds with the way it's being presented. And it's just, it's not like it's a, it's not, it's not like a breaker of like a, a immersion breaker or anything like that. It's just really fucking weird that the, mm-hmm. that this would be happening. It'd be like, 
I don't know, like being like in a doctor's family and not knowing anything about like how hospitals work and shit or whatever. It's like, oh, I've been to the hospital for the first time. What the fuck do I do here? Yeah, no, I I agree uh, with you. Please believe, honestly. Yeah, okay. this one is not real well written. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess get back to this shit. So like, uh, you have this audience and the queen's like freaking out, and you kind of learn for the first time like what the hell's going on, like with the, with the sun rune and your like your mom, I guess. It, like has these fits of insanity um and uh the party's like all right well this is fucking weird and they bail out of the audience chamber and at this point your sister uh is i guess you're reminded that she's been missing you this entire time and you're uh i guess asked if you want to go look for her or not i don't know if, if you say no if like you just go to your room and sleep or not i've never picked that option well, I guess there. Uh, I guess we did forget to mention that there's like a hidden point system with characters, and that helps you recruit them. And based on your your answers in the beginning of the game, and like your sister, uh, there's like different things that can happen in the very beginning. Well, for your sister and some other. Well, also, at the very end of the game the is very... determined by your option, like the things you choose at the beginning of the game. Yeah, like your ending is determined, like. But what you if you're nice to your sister you get the good ending and you get to come back to the, the basically be the head of the knights uh if if you treat her nice <clears throat> if you don't you're like banished with george <laughs> and you have to like leave with george so yeah i think there if you don't look for her that's like a negative point and then you like there's a point like you know in the game like if your sister comes it sneaks into your room to sleep with you which you'll i guess you'll get to that in a minute but if she does, then that's like you have the good part of like you're in good with your sister. I don't know if that she did that with you guys or not. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was I was using the dialogue guide that I found that I think I sent to you. So, oh. uh, like that helped. I made sure to get as many points as possible with everybody. Yeah, I did too. Uh, like Same. so. So behind the scenes points thing that we're talking about is uh, like an affection system, essentially, but it's not like really because there's no like overt system for it. Uh, but uh, there are some benefits where um, if you're in combat with some characters that are able to be in combat and uh, a character that they like dies, they have a chance of getting fury status, which I, th I think just boosts your attack by like 1.5. Uh And that's really it. And sometimes if they're low on health, uh, a character that likes them will uh, cover them and take damage for them instead. Uh, and the only other good thing is if, like, you get Leon's uh, affection up, that your combined attack goes up by, like, point two or three or something like that. Yeah. So it's not, like, a huge increase, but it's something. Yeah. Uh, yep, so you can go look for your sister, uh, and you don't, like, you've, you spend a lot of time, like, going everywhere, and you're, like, barely missing each other kind of thing. Uh, until you get to the uh, Queen's Guard room, where uh, you kind of have some conversation with the Queen's Guards or the Queen's Knights. And uh, as you're leaving, your sister shows up, and you have a cutscene here. Uh, and I don't know if, if anybody else felt this way, but it was very off-putting the amount of time your sister like spends like slobbing on your knob. And I'm like, this is this feels really inappropriate. Like, I have a kid sister, and I've never been this close. But I guess that's maybe because I came from a dysfunctional family. But uh, I have like, like this a... little girl is 
like in love with the brother not like a platonic love it feels like but it feels like a romantic love almost maybe i'm just getting that like i'm reading it wrong but it just feels really odd and also like her her bodyguard mikas like keeps hyping that shit up or like antagonizing them in regards to that and i don't know if it's like a japanese thing but it just felt really weird yeah it's like that japanese joking about your sister stuff that like i feel like is way that happens way too often in games and it's like maybe it's a funny thing there but here it's just weird because <laughs> it's like that's yeah it's all, all in like trails games and it's just like why why does that always happen in this sense i try to tone it up to the fact that they're just like nobility and they probably don't mingle with other people so often but you're right it does happen in a lot of games yeah kind of awkward i don't think it was like too sexualized it's more like you're like your sister's best friend you know and so she misses you I mean, I had a younger sister, like, kind of like that. Like, she wasn't that bad, but, like, you know, you, she would, like, come and jump and hug on me and stuff when I see her. And so I, I kind of see that, too. So Okay, that's not, fair. It's, not, it's, just, it's just... not totally crazy, but, yeah, it, might, it's, it is a little over the top. I, I guess I am a little removed from that kind of situation then because, like, in, in the way real life, like, talking here, like, I find it odd when... Uh, like mothers kiss their children on the lips and shit like that too. So that's kind of, I guess that's natural for a lot of people. Uh, never happened in my family. I think it's really fucking weird when people do that shit. And so I guess the amount of like a loving attention, <laughs> it's like normal, happy, loving family attention that people give each other, I find to be weird. Uh, so I guess, I guess that maybe that's just a me thing then. All right. So continuing on, uh, Lim's Leia, which is your sister's name. Uh, shows up like you hang out for a little bit, um, and then you finally decide to take a go to sleep. And I think you've been giving like a, a couple days rest, or you're supposed to be at a couple days rest, but then uh, you get new orders to go do another uh, ins like inspection somewhere, I think. Yeah, because you're going to Stormfist because you have to inspect the arena and the town because. There's going to be a tournament coming up to decide uh, who is going to be marrying your sister. She's also kind of really weird because, like I said before, she's like 8, 9, 10, 11 something. And whatever, royalty things, you know, that's how it works. Uh, so you get your, your party. And uh, so one second. Uh, Kevin, are you also hearing this like static from Kyle? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Huh. Weird. Better. Uh, kind of, sort of. Like, it's still intermittent. Is there, like, a fan or something on? It's not... No. Here, one second. There you go. That, that stopped it. I don't know. Maybe your uh, mic was kind of coming out or something. Yeah, how about that? Gotcha. That sounds great. Okay, okay. sorry. That's all good. Alright, uh, so going to Stormfist, uh, doing a little inspection there, making sure the town and the arena is safe or wherever the fuck. Uh, and so you take a boat there, and on your way there, you're attacked by this fish monster. Um, and you fight it off, but then you are saved, quote unquote, by uh, the Godwins, the uh, sun. Uh, gazelle 
who shows up like just in the nick of time uh, and to fight off the rest of the uh, creatures, the monsters that are attacking the ship. Uh, then you uh, get escorted to Stormfist, uh, which is the Godwin faction like owned city. And uh, you are given a tour by uh, Kazel Godwin. You meet his um, Marcel Godwin, uh, who is the patriarch of the Godwin family. Um, but the whole time you're there, like there's uh, you saw so your aunt Silides and uh, I think George Prime and uh, Leon and the prince like converse about how they're concerned about the Godwin uh, faction doing like underhanded stuff. Um, oh, and I did miss there's like a, a little scene where you go with uh, your sister to the Senate. Uh, to find out who is going to be in the uh, tournament for the uh, like who are the contestants for the tournament who, who may be marrying Lipsleia so you get some scenes with that and that's like ultimately a big waste of time because they like look at the list and like I don't recognize anybody on this list really so it's like okay cool thanks for wasting my time uh, but anyway you go to Stormfist you do the stuff here and you get drawn into a little plot uh, which is essentially they're going to uh, rig the games in favor of Godwin to win and by doing that they essentially poison all of the uh, strong contenders for the tournament uh, one of them being Richard which you don't find out about until much later in the game uh, but the main one that they focus on is Belkut, who's this uh, guy from a swordsman from the Kanakan region, which I don't think has ever been expo explored in any of the Suikoden games. Uh, but uh, in the process of doing all this, uh, the Barrows faction, which is the other, uh, like, so you have the Godwins and the Barrows, and they're the two kind of like. I don't want to say like liberal and Republican versions of the the Senate thing, but it's that's kind of what they are. Even though I don't feel like the Barrows are very liberal. Uh, it's like Republican it, it, and Republican, it, it, and then they're like one's just like yeah. good at their job, and the other ones just suck. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, and like they have that. Well, they have like the veneer of like eccentricity on them, but it's like not even. Well, uh, like endearing or anything, it's just like really fucking off-putting. I guess uh, the difference is one has slaves and one doesn't. <laughs> uh, that's true. So, uh, yeah, because you got like old-school, conservative, hardline, traditional, and then like I guess like new-school, conservative, maybe. Anyway, uh, yeah, both sides suck. They got some shitty things going on. Um, basically, each one wants to have their their kid, you know, marry the princess so that their bloodline uh, bloodline gets, you know, royal treatment or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you find uh, through this, like, uh, conspiracy that's going on here for poisoning the con contestants that uh, uh, the Barrows faction's representative, uh, who's called Zagai, is a gladiator that is originally from arms, which is a country to the east of Felina that they had a pretty bad war with. Uh, I want to say it was like a decade ago, something like that. 
And so there's still uh, tensions between the two countries. And naturally, most of the citizens in Flana hate uh, arm, arm, arms people. I don't know what you'd call Like, they're not Armenians. Call them Armas. Arm, Armas people? <laughs> Armenians. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to, like, I don't know, do the whole whatever the fuck you call people in the nation thing. Uh, but, yeah, the arm, arms people. Uh, everybody in Felena hates them. Uh, so the Godwins end up uh, tying the guy into some kind of like rebellion conspiracy thing because they uh, let these armed soldiers into their uh, torture basement dungeon thing where they keep all the gladiators in. And uh, people over here, the arms soldiers, like conspiring to uh i think maybe assassinate uh some of the royalty during the games and the guy's just like there hanging out listening so he gets caught uh the soldiers flee and uh the guy doesn't like offer any kind of defense for himself or anything like that uh but because he's the bearer's representative they get disqualified essentially from the tournament uh and the guy gets uh presumably the tortured for information uh, by the Godwins and stuff like that, but he's kept uh, under confines and uh, under watch. Uh, so that knocks the Barrows people out from any competition and pretty much guarantees Godwin uh, is going to win. Because a part of the rules of this competition, this tournament, is that the people who are fighting don't actually have to fight. They can use a stand-in uh, and you can pay for the best fighter you can find uh, if you want to. And so uh, the guy was supposed to be the best gladiator available for purchase. So that's what happened with the Barrows faction. They purchased him. Uh, the Godwins, I don't know where the hell they found uh, Kildrich at, but uh, he's this like crazy fucking uh, assassin looking dude. Well, he's part of the assassins group that they they. Oh yeah, he's from Nethergate, probably. Yeah, he's he's the Nethergate leader or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, so the Godwin said this guy, uh, but that also leaves the regular contenders that show up because the tournament is available to any male uh, who can make the pilgrimage to Stormfist to partake in the tournament, and whoever wins gets to marry the queen. Uh, Farid, the current uh, head of the king's, or the queen's knights, uh, was some guy from the island nations who showed up and won the tournament, so he got the right to marry the queen. Uh, and that's kind of the tradition in the queendom of Felina. Which is the dumbest uh, tradition ever. <laughs> like, yeah. You, start, you actually start thinking about, like, why would they do this? Like, Unless it's, like, all fake. and you know, But they're, like, playing it as it's really, like, a thing, so... Uh, yeah, when you kind of step back and look at it, you're like, why, though? <laughs> like, I guess it makes sense to have, like, the best fighter in, like, to have that kind of, um, brought into, like, the DNA of your family and everything, but they were saying, like, if someone just pays for the best one anyways, you're not really getting that any, you know, it doesn't make any sense the way they do it. And they're definitely they're opening themselves up to like potentially another country 
getting like a spy or somebody in there. Yeah, manipulating them, all that kind of stuff. And shit. Basically, what happens, anyways? Essentially, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the uh, the contestants uh, can be anybody. Um, and fun fact: uh, Gazelle Goblin used to be engaged to Silides, uh, but because stuff behind the scenes, I guess I'll just explain it now. Uh, there was a, a civil war between the mother of uh, Silides and Arshtat, and the mother of their cousin, who's Hashwar. Uh, the Hashwar's mother was originally supposed to be the heir to the throne, uh, but Silides uh, and Arshtat's mother killed or or had assassinated with Nethergate uh, uh, Haswar's mother and then inherited throne or something and the Sunrune maybe I can't remember specifically but then she died and so the next heir should have been Haswar but uh, they all three of these women agreed uh, that uh, Arshtat would be the next heir so there was no more infighting and Haswar got removed from the capital and sent to be the oracle of this place called Lunas, which is like holy ground. Um, Silides was engaged to uh, Gazelle uh, Godwin, but in order to avoid any potential future like uh, inheritance disputes or heir disputes, whatever you call it, uh, they decided that nobody would have kids except Arstad. And so that meant Silides couldn't get married and uh, Hathor couldn't get married. And the reason they did this uh, I guess was to solidify not only like the more civil war happening, but also uh, at the time this was like the arms invasion thing going on, and they needed a strong leader uh, or strong face because the queen had just died, and I guess they decided Arshtat was the best fit, so that's why she got to be the queen. Uh, but anyway, back to this, uh, you solve the uh, like the great mystery about who's. Uh, getting poisoned or whatever like that uh, you end up actually uh, so you meet this girl who uh, is like a, a innkeeper assistant or whatever and she's in love with Belkut who is like one of the uh, contestants that's most likely to win the tournament uh, but the uh, innkeeper girl Marina gets kidnapped and there's like a bunch of uh nobles in Stormfist who are racist as fuck uh, and they don't like anybody that's not Felanian so uh, their plan is to uh, have Belkut forfeit and to do that they kidnap Marina and tell Belkut to come save her by himself so your party like has made friends with Belkut by this point so you uh, offer to help him out so you go there you save Marina uh, but while you're there, you see this mysterious, like, uh, young adult, preteen, teen guy, whatever. His name's Dolph. Uh, and I think you've seen him in a cutscene before where he's working with the Godwins. So you know he's up to no good. Uh, but you save Marina. Uh, everybody goes back to the inn. You have a good night's rest. And then you have a good breakfast. And everybody goes back to the tournament to finish it off. And at this point, it's the finals now where it's Belkut against uh, Kilgrit. Uh, except when Belkut's fighting, he's fighting really awkwardly, like sluggishly. He can't uh, guard himself or nothing like that. And uh, uh, you have a choice here to interrupt the fight or 
And if you do, then you throw your uh, your staff down into the arena. But I think if you don't, then Ferret interrupts the fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, Kildra twins, and you stop him from uh, executing Belkut. And everybody's disappointed because now this means that Gazelle Godwin's going to be the husband of uh, Limslea. But there's nothing that anybody can do, which I think is kind of dumb bullshit. Because the queen is supposed to apparently supposed to have all kinds of authority, and like even uh, uh, it doesn't make any sense because if they were cheating and he was poison, it's like, well, yeah, that they, they would nullify the match. Yeah. Like uh, so, like there's all kinds of stuff that they just kind of wave hand wave away because of plot convenience to get the story moving and shit like that. Which but, is moving uh, slow as shit at this point, anyways. So it's like, yeah, get on with it. <laughs> So gotta go, gotta go. Uh, so this all happens, and you, uh, everybody's like upset. But you go back to Soulflame, and at this point, um, I think like maybe a couple days or weeks or something pass, and uh, now you got to get Limslea ready for uh, like this purification ritual so that she can be ma- uh, married or engaged properly, or whatever the hell uh, is going on here. And you have to escort her to uh, the holy grounds lunas for which is where they do the purification ritual and on the way you have to stop by the the dawn ruined palace and pay your respects to get blessed or, or she has to get blessed by the dawn ruin or whatever the fuck you, like tradition is but you go there you learn that the dawn ruin hasn't been there for a couple of years since the lord lake rebellion uh and it was is like so why the fuck do i gotta do this thing if the this ritual if the dawn ruins not here and they're like oh it's tradition ritual whatever you still get the blessing, even if it's not here, kind of thing, whatever, yada, yada. Uh, so you go on through Palace, and you go to Lunas, where you meet Haswar, which is your aunt. Or, sorry, your, like, was it, like, second cousin, whatever the hell called. But she's your aunt, your mom's cousin, whatever the hell that is. Uh, then you go, you find out she's the Oracle, and her job is just to kind of, like, watch over this holy land, because it's part of the, the royalties traditions and stuff like that they don't really explain uh, it that well it's just like it, it like there's a oh, there, there's some kind of elf thing going on where like they, they want to protect it to keep the elves off your back or something like that well it's like so there's like gold that comes from somewhere and it goes into this part of the river and so it's like they're protecting the holy land because it's holy because if you find out at the very end of the game that this is where uh the first queen came from with the sun rune Oh she, yeah, from like the Sindar ruins or something that was up north, and then like there's this tunnel that cuts from uh, the mountain range or whatever the hell it is to this area, and when she came out, uh, I I didn't look into the lore too much about that, uh, but she like she came here and emerged, and this is where like the Felena started, so this is why it's Holy Land. But then there's also like gold, which they have to protect uh the river from being like polluted from people panning for gold i guess uh so that's a whole other thing that's like a subplot uh but when you're there Limslea and uh Mikis and i think Slyleads i can't remember if she does but uh there's a bunch of female characters that go and take part of the purification ritual which been which is taking a bath in this like uh spring or something that's in a cave um, you have some options to try to sneak a peek and shit like that, which 
I guess further added to my uncomfortableness with this whole thing. Um, but you can you can choose to try to do it or or not to. I don't think you ever get the like the chance to. You just talk like you're going to or whatever. Uh, but when that's done, uh, you end up going back to Solfalena, and then thing, I can't remember if it's like a couple of days or weeks pass again, and it's time for the uh, engagement party. Um, while you're at the party, you obviously like your character, the prince, is like has a, like a resting asshole face, I guess, because the I think it's your aunt that comes over, or is it fair? Somebody comes over and they tell you like to. I know you're not happy about the situation, but you gotta like act cheerful because we're like this is a royal gathering or whatever the fuck, and you have to play the part. Some dumb bullshit. Uh, but you spend as much or little time at the party as you want to, and you can leave and then uh, go to your room. I guess to go to sleep. Uh, but before you can do that, uh, or I think you you do that, and then uh, the palace gets attacked. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think so. Right, that's when this happens because like like nothing else happens here, but the the attack happens. Um, yeah, after the tournament, yeah, you get attacked. Uh, so essentially, what's what's going on is the Godwins are making their move. Uh, I don't think their plan was to kill Arshtat and Farad, but maybe it was. Uh, they but they want to. Uh, yeah, I think it probably was, but they want to take over. What's that? It was to kill Arshtat because they're attacking her when she's using the sun rune. Yeah, I but I can't remember if it was like specifically that, like, that was the entire goal or whatever. But I guess it was. Uh, they don't accomplish that goal technically. Yeah, uh, George does, but. <laughs> Which so if it wasn't for George, I guess then the sun rune would never probably would have fallen into like Godwin's would have got wiped out if. Was well, everybody would have got wiped out. Basically, I guess frankly. yeah, the sunroom would just probably went off because there's no one to negate the sunroom, which you learn later is what the other two subrooms are for. Yeah, uh, so essentially, the palace gets attacked uh, by Nethergate, um, and they are so Nethergate is a group of assassins that used to work for the uh, uh, the royalty, but they were supposed to have been disbanded by Farad and Arshtab. Um, and the so the nether gate was what was used by Arshtat's mom and Hazor's mom in their uh, confrontation. And uh, normally they would just like kill supporting nobles or whatever, but Arshtat decided to use nether gate to kill Hazor's mom directly, which I guess was like a, a big no no or something. But it happened. Uh, and then when Arshtat became queen and married Fair, they got rid of Nethergate, and they were working on getting rid of the gladiator system, but uh, they didn't want to rock the boat too much, I guess. And so they just made life slightly easier for the gladiators by making it illegal to torture them and abuse them, which is <laughs> nice, job. I guess. You're still slaves and live in a cage, but no more abuse. Yeah. That's gonna exactly. really. It's gonna. That's really gonna make a difference. Um, yep. So, I'll just spoil this now, and so I have to explain it later. But uh, Ar Arshtat during the attack uh, starts going crazy again and ends up accidentally killing Farid with her Sunrun powers. Um, and I think at a previous point, George was told or asked by Farid 
that if something were to happen to him uh, and Arstat, if he couldn't stop Arstat, then it was uh, up to George to do it. Uh, and so George just kills Arstat because her sun ruins starting to go out of control, and he's like, it's either this or everybody dies. Uh, so he technically saved everybody at the cost of killing uh, Arstat. Uh, but everybody at this point thinks it was the Godwins that successfully did it. Uh, there's one person, or there's two people that saw this Galleon who saw the whole truth, and Meekus who and, uh, walked in at the very end when uh, George's sword is already in Arstat. So she thinks George is a traitor and he killed Arstat. Galleon knows the truth. Uh, and this comes up to play later. Uh, but you're, the prince and the ant and Leon end up uh, convening during this attack. Uh, you meet up with another queen's knight named Kyle at some point also for a little bit. Uh, but on your way to the, th the audience chamber to figure out what's going on, you get attacked by Dolph and Kildrich, and you, you can either fight them off or get defeated, uh, but you get saved by uh, Kyle and... It's not George. Is it George at this time, or is it just somebody else? It's George. Can't remember. It's George? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Kyle decides to go to the rune chamber thing where they usually have the sun runes, like statue bust for whatever reason. Uh, and it, he does, so he leaves your party and does that thing. But your party flees the castle with uh, George. So it's George, the prince, Leon, and Salades. Uh, you guys leave because the. Uh, that's like, uh, I think the command by Ferret was like to, to get everybody out and save as many people as possible or whatever. So you leave, you go into hiding for like a day, and you like you hear the bad news that Godwin took over, um, and they're like putting out uh, news that George is the one that killed Ferret and Arshtat, and that they're everybody that's uh, not in the castle anymore is a traitor and stuff like that. So. You have to keep fleeing, and you flee to back to Lunas, and uh, you are given uh, help by Haswar and her one of her servants is Isato, who's an elf. And conveniently, in the back of the uh, uh, like the wilderness in Lunas, there's like an elven path that only elves can uh, navigate. So you're escorted through that by Isato, and then he returns back to Lunas. Well, it's elves and the map guy. Well, the, yeah, the map guy knows how to do it somehow. But um, on, your, on your way through the pass, you are told, like, before you get to the pass, that uh, the Barrows faction will probably be a good place to go because they are at odds with Godwins, and you could use them to, I guess, your, uh, get your uh, shit sorted. Uh, get back on your feet and like maybe fight back and save Limslea because that's the goal right now to save your sister. Uh, so you end up going through this path. You end up in this village called Hod Village, which is like some really tacky ass uh, artist town. Uh, and on your way through, you end up meeting this guy named Boz Wild, who is, uh, I guess, the ruler of Estrize, which is another town that's on the east side of Felena, and uh, he escorts you to Rainwall, which is the headquarters of the Barrows faction. It's their town, their city, whatever you want to call it, um, and you end up aligning temporarily with the Barrows faction, 
because uh, Saloon Barrows uh, has a plan, and he's going to build an army, and he's going to have like the prince's army that's going to fight Godwin's army, uh, and take back Solfalina and save the princess. And uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You can the prince can marry his daughter, uh, Lucerina, uh, so that that that's he can get back into good with the royalty and whatever. Blah blah blah. Uh, so you kind of do some war battles here, uh, where you're like getting your feet wet with that stuff. Um, you do some more like miscellaneous things, uh, like, uh, and your party realizes that if they're actually gonna start doing this war stuff, you have to, uh, like recruit your own, uh, I guess part of your own faction. You can't just rely on the Barrows faction to save the day because he's obviously up to something. Uh, I can't remember who tells you about it, but you hear about this uh, great tactician who's in jail, and she used to serve Godwin, but uh, fucked something up for Godwin, and he threw her in jail. Well, so... he, she chose like to disobey him because uh, she wanted to save people, and he was trying what he would have done would have hurt people, and she said she'd always choose what was right, not what someone wanted. So that's that's what she tells the prince when you recruit her. Like, I always choose the right choice. Uh, so that's the the chance you take when you recruit her, basically. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yep. So you go save her from prison, and she becomes like the main tactician who pretty much does every single plan in, for the rest of the game. Uh, which is fine. Usually, that's what the tacticians do in these games. Um, so her first plan is, I believe. Uh, you're getting attacked by uh, this, the Godwin uh, send a, Godwin faction sent a general over I think his name is Dilbert or Dilbert or something and uh, you have this ruse or no uh, George finds out that the arms for some reason uh, there's arms soldiers like a part of the army in the forest south of uh, Rainwall and uh you learn that uh, Saloon Barrows is, and I guess Urine Barrows, they have a plan to uh, work together with arms to fight back the Godwins. So instead of it being a, a civil war incident, they're trying to get into a multi-country war thing, Madrid, uh, which would not be good for Felena because that would leave Felena open to being. Uh, picked apart by arms because presumably there'd be land traded in return for arms as help uh so uh your group's like nah fuck that shit we don't need arms in here so lucretia which is the tactician uh makes a plan up uh, to lure the godwin faction uh, south into the forest where the arms people are uh and you can uh i guess make a contemporary truce to drive out the arms forces and use that uh, conflict to weaken the Godwin faction enough that you can make like take some more time to build up some more forces for the next like attack. So you do that, everything works fine. But because of what happened, you expose Barrows uh, being the traitor that he is to the country, and you can't uh, stay there anymore. So you get kicked out. And conveniently, uh, you've been to Raftfleet before uh, because. Um, in Lunas, uh, these two Rathfleet citizens are trying to pan for gold, and instead of uh, getting them arrested, you escort them back to Rathfleet and 
uh, that way you can maintain good relations with the ref fleet or whatever. So because of that, you kind of have a, uh, a relationship with the leader of ref fleet, Raja, already. So you decided to go there because that kind of you're like your last hope uh, for at least uh, maintaining some kind of presence in the country as an armed force. Uh, so you go there, uh, you end up making an alliance with Rash Fleet, and uh, you do some more war battling where you fight off uh, some more Gautama dudes. Uh, I, I think this is where Baram comes in, and she's a, he's a student of Raja when she used to work uh, as like the head admiral for Solfalena's navy. Um, but uh, so you fight him off, and this is where you're. Uh, army decides that they need to start working on the, getting recruits and getting land and like building the army themselves. And I think this is where you decide to uh, first start off by saving Lord Lake. And uh, so the plan there is you have to go to the Beavers and ask them for help uh, in bringing down this fortress, which acts like a dam, uh, I think, uh, and restricts water to Lord Lake. Yeah, and uh, by destroying this dam, you'll restore restore water to Lord Lake, and they will be able to prosper again and be able to send uh, civilians, I guess, to fight for your cause. Uh, which this whole setup struck me as really odd because you've already been to Lord Lake, and almost everybody there is sick and dying. So I don't know who the fuck they'd be able to like add to the army, really. Yeah. Uh, and gets, then everyone gets better now because there's water. That's the whole, yeah. It was like a convoluted like, hey, they're all sick because the the water they drink is bad. And then once the water gets restored, like the doctor's like, well, they're all good now. So I guess that's yeah. Like, their only problem is they had bad water. Now they've got good water. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I guess everyone was like, yeah, uh, everyone would have been fine if they just want to move away, but they're just too stubborn. So now they're dying. Yeah, and you're like that. Nope. Oh, Okay, I guess that's dumb. <laughs> well, my thing is, like, they suddenly get water, access to water, and then they also somehow just start having the ability to make food again, even though growing crops takes a long time. Not like a long time, but, you know, like a couple, like a season at least to, like, yeah, to grow food, and they just suddenly have food and shit, I guess. Whatever. Uh, but so you get Lord Lake uh, people, uh, and. During this point in time, uh, a couple of the other groups that were previously alive with Barrows uh, learn about Barrows' um, like traitorness or betrayal of the country. And so they abandon the Barrows faction and come to meet with you uh, and join your faction. And uh, so this is uh, Boz Wild, which may have happened a little bit earlier. Uh, but then also Din from Sable, who's another uh, strong general. Um, and I think Lucretia's like, all right, we still need to get more uh, people into our cause. And I think that's where you get a low car. Um, yeah. Do something out of order here, but uh, to get a low car and you uh, mess with the stuff that happens there, which is you go there and you find out that their town's pretty much split into three factions. You've got like the low car loyal faction, you've got the prince loyal faction, and then you've got the Godwin loyal faction. And, of course, the Godwin faction is, like, forcibly constricting uh, children and uh, young boys and forcing them to go to war. Uh, so you kind of put a stop to that. 
But because you do that, uh, Zahak, who's one of the Queen's Knights, who, uh, along with Elenia, has remained allied with the Godwin faction. Which, do they explain why they're so, like, up Godwin's ass? Like I don't think so. It doesn't make sense uh, well, to me. Like... Elenia's in love with Giselle, so I think that explains that part. But okay. then... I think Zahak might just be a racist piece of shit, and he, so he's like, "Yeah, Godwin's ideals are cool." Pretty much, I think. But yeah, so it's, it's just kind of like odd to me, like how they were so for Godwin, but it's like they're the Queen's knights. Like, wouldn't don't you think that they would have been sussed out or something? You know, if they, I don't know. This seems well, weird that they're so strongly up, like up Godwin's ass like that. Well, because even before like this all happened, they were up Godwin's ass. So it might just be one of those things where they align with them politically or something. And like, because even happens in real life where you have people who don't actually give a shit about what any like actual policy that somebody has or uh, like how they they actually think about anything. They just like them for whatever reason that they like them, and so they like support them no matter what. Uh, so I, I'm assuming that's the way it was here because even like Kyle was with the Barrows faction too for just no fucking reason. He's just like, yeah, I'm Team Barrows, uh, and that's that. Uh, like the other person, I think that was on the Queen's Knights. There was like what George, Leon, and uh, Galleon, who really didn't seem to have any kind of allegiance to anybody except the royal family, which is how it should have been. Yeah, I guess Mikas. So it's just like a weird thing. They added this like weird politicking thing where some people were picking sides because I, I guess they felt like they had to. Okay. If I mean it's, it's a natural thing in a group, you'll have people who are like that, I suppose. I guess they just didn't develop it good enough where I was like, okay, I get why they're they're doing it. It just felt like they're doing it for plot like plot convenience. So they had a bad guy that you recognize, I guess. Because, like, the other two, like, they introduce, like, you, I guess you don't give a fuck about them, <laughs> even though they're there, like, the whole game. You're like, and this random guy that someone else knows uh, is here, and then this is the best general, and he just shows up. But there's no mention of him before, like, he shows up. I don't know. I just don't understand, like, the whole politics of, like, okay, Godwin's in charge, but really the queen is, like, in charge of everything. So really, it's what she says, but they still listen to Godwin. So I was just kind of confused on how that like worked. Uh, I mean, it might have been one of those situations where because Lemzlea wasn't old enough that uh, the Godwins were now like the I guess the equivalent of like a regent or something, whatever the hell that word is, like where there's a. They are. They act as the leader until the queen comes of age, to where she can actually make the decisions or whatever. Because she wasn't coronated yet, and when she gets her coronation, uh, and like I guess officially married to, uh, to Giselle, or if that happens, I can't remember exactly. Um, when she starts like acting like a queen, even though she's still like powerless, she's a puppet queen essentially. Uh. And I think the issue is that the Godwins had so much support from the people and they were quote-unquote legitimate because they won the tournament uh, that most people that, that didn't really give a fuck as long as their lives weren't changed. And that's oh. like maybe how they had support. And then Godwins uh, 
mistake was like basically telling everyone to fuck off and conscripting them and ruining their towns. <laughs> it's like the worst well, but, takeover ever. <laughs> they say multiple times that uh, they want to make uh, Flana for Flanians, and that's only humans. Oh yeah, they're super racist. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I guess that's. You have a bunch of people in Flana that are like that, which I get. They, they, I think they tried to establish that because of like the war with arms before, so there's lots of like racial tension and shit. Uh, but then like you have like the princess side, which is open and free, and everybody is cool to everybody else, kind of thing. I guess uh, they didn't really establish the the factions well enough, or it's like this is super racist, and you know uh, the queen is more liberal and. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, they they hint at this stuff, but don't really dive deep into it. Which, yeah. uh, like, to be fair, they can't because then they lose way more people. Yeah. Uh, like, if you thought the game was slow until that point, like <laughs> it would be way slower. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like you're in Lokar and you're fighting uh, Zahak now, who's come in. Because the guy that was in charge of the Goblin Faction thing, uh, you stopped him from delivering some of the constricted kids. Uh, so he got in trouble. And Zahak just decided to sacrifice his part of the, the Goblin part of the town and like burns down buildings and shit uh, because you're kicking his ass in a war and he's trying to escape. Uh, so they get even further bad rap for that, for killing their own people. Uh, but you end up liberating Lokar and adding it to your uh, factions like uh, Domain and from here you move on to I think Sable because Sable starts getting attacked by uh, or Sable's having problems with a thief a bandit so you have to go there and you sort out this whole bandit situation well he looks like the, they think it's the prince because he looks like him yeah uh, he somehow has a wig and the same exact same weapon and uh, clothing that were custom made for Prince Freydor. Uh, just this guy, this bandit, somehow has them on hand. He looks almost exactly the same as the prince, except his eyes are, uh, I guess, amber instead of blue. Uh, but everybody, like I said, thinks that the prince is the one doing this shit. And I forgot, I totally skipped by it. But before you even do the low car shit uh, and you're doing the beaver stuff, uh, you get access to your castle. Uh, oh, which is uh these lake ruins, and uh, also the probably the biggest thing I skipped over is that you find out uh that the Barrows faction was responsible for the missing Dawn rune, uh, because they are the ones that instigated the uprising in Lord Lake, and during all the commotion, they stole the Dawn rune and kept it in their mansion in this like storage closet thing. Uh, so you. You grab, you get that back, and uh, the prince is chosen by the Dawn Rune, and you're able to use the power of the Dawn Rune in these Sindar runes that you find to uh, operate us. Pretty much, it, the runes themselves are a sluice gate, and that's what you use to destroy Hatred Fortress and save Lord Lake. And because you've drained the lake that uh, the water was kept in, uh, it reveals a castle. That you then use as your headquarters. 
Um, so back on to Sable and the Bandit. You go there. Uh, you learn that this guy has been stealing uh, like stuff from the town, and they've been uh, also stealing from like uh, merchant convoys and stuff like that. And they're just having trouble uh, nailing this bandit down. And the, the biggest problem is that he looks like Prince Freydor. And uh, Boz Wild fucked up and called out to this bandit, uh, like acting like he was a prince. So everybody that was with him assumed it was the prince doing this shit. So now the whole town of Sable's like, the prince sucks. So you gotta figure out uh, like where the bandit is at, and you gotta stop him and uh, like restore your honor uh, or your your reputation uh, at the same time. Uh, so you do that. You find uh, this guy named Roy who's been dressing up as you, and uh, you can get a early game over here if you lose this duel against him. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember what it's like. I do. I do remember seeing the video like many many years ago, but I haven't watched it recently. Uh, but if you lose a duel here, it's a game over, and you have to reload your save or whatever. But when you win, uh, you take this guy prisoner, and uh, you can then decide if you want to execute him or not, or you want to use him as a body double. Uh, so obviously, you want to use him as a body double. Which uh, I like. Uh, I like the Roy character because he's like. You know, he talks like he's from the streets and stuff, and he does not sound like a prince. And every time he tries to act like a prince, he like orders everyone around and shit. And it's pretty funny. But he's like high English type shit too, where he's like, uh, "Bow before me, peasants. I am your ruler, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to order you to like lay down your lives or whatever and shit like that." Uh, and presumably, the prince talks like a normal person, so it's supposed to be, I guess, a funny. Uh, thing where Roy's playing a character that he, how he thinks that royalty acts not necessarily how they act um yep, so once you do this you are able to liberate uh, Sable and get them on your side uh, and then you go back to your headquarters um, I think at this point uh, the there's like this fortress town called Dorat uh, which is uh I guess the next place that you, Lucretia decides you're going to take over. Uh, so you go there, and uh, as you're fighting your way there, you get blasted by this magic, and everybody's like, oh my god, this magic's strong, what's going on? Uh, and Zaras, who has joined your party, at, or your army at this time, uh, previously she's shown up when you've been doing like ruin-related stuff, and she's like, uh, you guys fucking suck. You don't deserve the Dawn Ruin. You don't deserve the Twilight Ruin. You don't deserve the Sun Ruin. Your whole family sucks. Uh, and I'm going to be here to stop you guys from controlling the power of the Ruin. And then uh, when you get the Dawn Ruin and you're like uh, chosen by the Ruin, she comes around and is like, okay, so maybe you're not awful people in particular, but I'm still going to watch you and make sure you don't fuck shit up. Uh, so uh, she recognizes that it's like the Twilight Ruins power and she's like we gotta go stop whoever has it because whoever has it wasn't chosen by the rune and they're gonna fuck shit up so we need to take the rune back uh, so uh, you fight your way into Dorat uh, you fight your way to the, the uh, I guess the main headquarter area of it the fortress headquarters and you find Elenia there 
It turns out that she was forcibly given the uh, Twilight Ruin uh, through Jean's help. And if you're unfamiliar with Jean, she is uh, in every Suikoden game. She's like a rune mistress. She's very mysterious. Uh, doesn't really say anything about herself, except uh, in every game she's super hot and everybody wants to fuck her all the time. That's really her like her main personality trait. Uh, besides being mysterious, and uh, every time you see her, she's like the same age, so she she has a charm rune, which is unique to her. And so I guess there were theories that it's also a true rune, or she could be like an alien, or she's just like another type of humanoid creature that nobody like knows about, and they live for a long time, like an elf or something. But essentially, she looks like the same in every three game, and she doesn't say anything about herself, and she does ruin shit. So. But it looks like in this game it gives you a little bit more backstory. Like she's from the Sindar ruins, and she has some kind of. Well, she knows stuff about the Sindar, but so do all the other like ruin-related women. Like uh, Zoras knows, Leknot knows stuff, and then like that weird Irish girl that you can find. Yeah, that. But she knows. Uh, she, she knows Jean, and like. They and you can they're the only ones that can go deep into that uh, ruin. So it's like, but it's a Sindar ruin. So, or it's like the it's like the the race that was before the Sindars is the deeper one, right? Or am I think am I wrong on that? Uh, I think so. All I really remember is you, you have to go to the big hole and you go to the end of the dungeon and she like takes something. Excuse me. Take something out of this, like uh, uh, this, like yeah, case. damn, yeah. Like there's like a, it's like a coffin thing, but yeah. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, uh, sarcophagus uh, or something. So, yeah, sarcophagus. It, well, it looks like a like a coffin thing or something, but she like oh, she takes something out and she's like, okay, I got what he needed. It doesn't like you don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, they don't say uh, it's like. It's like almost like that's what keeps her young or something, or it's like the her, or gives her her magic. <laughs> Anything's possible. Yeah, it's like she has to recharge her stuff at a Sindar ruin or something, so that's why she has to go there. I don't know. That's that's like what I was speculating on, like that she's just that old and she has some kind of technology that you know keeps her young. There's yeah. something. She's gonna be young forever. Uh, yep, so you find out that God, uh, before you recruit Jean, uh, she was hired by Godwin to uh, like do all kinds of weird shit with all the special ruins. Like They tried to have her graft the, or allow the sun rune to be put on to Limblea, to Giselle, maybe Marcel, uh, a bunch of people. They ended up doing the Twilight Ruin on to Elenia. Uh, so you defeat Elenia in combat, uh, but before you can finish her off, Dolph comes in and saves her. And then also uh, during this, uh, Sileads is, I think, chasing uh, them down or doing something different. She's doing something by herself, maybe. Uh, and she gets approached by Dolph, and uh, they like hash out a secret deal. And uh, everybody goes back to the headquarters. And then you start your next campaign. Uh, or this is the Queen's campaign. I can't remember. I, I want to say 
the Queen's campaign now. Where at this point, uh, Limsleya has now officially mm -hmm. been coronated, and she's uh, the queen, even even if it's just in name only. But she's still trying her best to flex her power. So uh, she decides that because all of her queen's knights are useless, and Giselle ain't doing shit either, that she's going to go into battle, and she's going to put down the um, the uh, the prince. the traitor army. So. Uh, she, uh, I guess, takes to the field, uh, leads her army against yours, and uh, everybody on your side knows that it's a trap, uh, but they still are going to go and uh, try to save uh, Limsleya, because this is like your best chance. Uh, so you, you end up doing this strategy where you have a distraction uh, that is Roy, uh, Roy dressed as the prince, um, and you go and do like a three-pronged attack where you attack Elenia, you attack uh, Sahak, and then the Prince's squad attacks uh, the point where Limsley is at, and she's being protected by um, Galleon. Uh, so you fight and defeat Elenia, Sahak, and Galleon, and then as you're mere moments away from saving Limsley, Sileads betrays you. And she takes the queen back to Solflena. And then also during this time, uh, Dolph shows up and stabs Lynn in, I presumably, her kidneys or her something in the back. And so she's almost, she uh, is like dying, but you're able to stabilize her sort of with the Dawn Rune. Uh, but because uh, you don't have full control of the Dawn Rune, you can't fully heal her yet. Uh, and you bring her back to the headquarters, uh, uh, and your doctor there says that they're going to try their best, but they can't really do too much. Uh, so uh, at this point, I think Zwake shows up and says that there's other ruins that you can go take a look at, and they might have an ex uh, like an explanation or unlock something into the Dawn Ruin that will give you more, uh, like, I guess, control of the Ruin and maybe save uh, yeah. Leon. But Lucretia is like, no, you can't do that, because if you do that, people will think that you are uh, playing favorites. And I had to, like, stop myself at this point and be like, obviously he's playing favorites. That's his bodyguard. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah. Who would not... Who who would be like, oh man, the prince is going out of his way to save the person he's known for his whole like last eight years of his life or some bullshit instead of going to see all these random mooks that are in his army who are dying? Like, of course he's going to do that. But whatever. But then, uh, so that's your whole party's reaction too. They're like, well, well, okay, I guess we just won't go save Leon. We'll just let her fucking die. And then she's like, well, actually... I have something for you to do, and that is I need you guys to go to, uh, fuck. You said the name of this place earlier, Kyle. It's like, I call it like Saranix, but you have, you actually know how to pronounce it or something. Saranix. All right. <laughs> uh, or no, oh, Sereno. Sereno. That's it. Sorry. Sereno Castle. Sereno. Okay. Uh, so you have to go, she sends you to Sereno, uh, because, uh, the Godwin faction is backpedaling. And she thinks that there's they're going to petition um, outside uh, foreign countries for assistance. 
And if they do that, that would allow the Dragon Knights, who are sworn to only protect the rivers and land of Solflana, they can't be used as like an aggressive force, but they can be used to defend the country from outside uh, interference. Uh, so at this point in time, they haven't been uh, involved in any of the fighting at all. Uh, so they, you're going to be sent there as a pretext to uh, preemptively like recruit their uh, them on your side in the case that. Uh, the foreign armies do invade Solfala or invade Felena, and so conveniently, uh, the Cinder ruins that uh, Zweig recommended you go to are uh, in the general same area as uh, Sorano. So once you're done with your business in Sorano, you can go to the uh, Twilight Ruins and check them out, uh, which is what you end up doing. So you go to Sorano. You talk to Craig, who's the leader of the Dragonites, and he's like, yeah, uh, if anybody, if the Godwins uh, have any foreign armies come in, we'll definitely help you out. And so you square that away, you go to the Twilight Forest, uh, and you explore that. You do some more stuff in there, you unlock more power for the Dawn Rune, and uh, you see a flashback, or uh, something. I guess it's a flashback for the characters. Uh, like many, many years ago, you see uh, this devastated land get returned to like lush, green, blue, healthy land. And everybody's like, oh, so this is also another power of the sun and the twilight and the dawn runes or whatever. There's power for birth. And so that unlocks like the ability to heal somebody completely with your dawn rune. And I guess I forgot to mention before, but when you're doing the Saris Lake area, Sindar Ruins, for the first time with the Dawn Rune, and which is the Sluice place, uh, you also see a flashback there, and it shows like what happened many, many years ago with like whatever civilization there was there before getting completely just obliterated by the Sun Rune. So uh, the characters all make references to like how there's like destruction potential for destruction, also potential for rebirth with these runes, and that ties into the stuff later. Uh, but you go back to the headquarters, you use your new power to uh, save Leon's life, but she's still like grievously uh, injured, I guess. Like she can't move too much, she can't uh, talk too well, and presumably she just needs to recuperate for an extended period of time. Uh, so you let that happen. Um, so because of, uh, like, uh, Godwin's being on the back pedal, uh, so bad, they do actually start aligning themselves with arms. And, uh, you've made previous attempts to communicate with other foreign, uh, bodies to stop them from coming into the uh, conflict, and so by doing that, you've talked to Island Nations uh, representatives, and you've gotten a word from them that they will do their best to stop other people from uh, also joining the fight from uh, outside the country. Uh, so you're able to only have to deal with the arms people at this point. So you've got the Godwin faction and arms, and uh, you have a series of uh, war battles where you can choose between def uh, protecting one town from the Godwin uh, faction or protecting another town from arms uh, army shit uh, and I think there's 
two or three sets of these. Uh, I did all the Godwin stuff, but you get different dialogue and different boss fights if you do the arm stuff. What'd you guys do? I did Godwin. I took out the Godwin. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't care about the arms like side of it, so um, yeah, I, just, I stuck with them because those are the ones that pissed me off the most, I guess. Same, fair. <laughs> yeah, Godwin right. for sure. Uh, so essentially, I did the Godwins as well because each time you fight Kildrich and he's a cunt, and I wanted to kill him. Yeah. So. Uh, I thought Childress was like a decent villain. Like he made you hate him. Enough, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he does that, but he's not like. He, I don't think he's a good villain because he's not. He doesn't have his own motivations. He's yeah. just a tool. He's decent, and right. like he gets you like to you want to kill him, <laughs> and it feels good when right. you do kill him. But yeah, he doesn't really have his own motivations. Like Dolph, at least has some kind of reason. Where Childress just is like, "Fuck, I just want to kill people." Yeah, he's like a fucking uh, Luke of Blight light. Yeah. And it's not even... That's a good way to put it. And it's only, like, personality-wise, right? Because they both had the crazy, like... They even had the same lines, like... Uh, Luke of Blight and Kildritz both say die pigs. So, it's like, there's... De- obviously, like, they're calling back to that. Uh, but... Uh, where Luke of Blight had his, like... His own... Like his motivations and reasons for doing things, like he had his trauma, which you saw with his dad, his mom, and all that shit. Uh, you don't know anything about Kildrich besides the fact that he's an assassin that works for another gate and he likes killing things. So I'm like, all right, this is kind of one note, dude. He's evil, and uh, there's nothing human about him. Cool beans. So I really didn't feel uh, much of anything when he killed him. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's, it's uh, I think uh, if you have the guy fight him uh, and you, he wins, he says something like, uh, "This was easier than killing any other actual monster or whatever." So everybody treats this dude as a monster, which rightly so. Uh, but that's like a, that's the extent of his villain knee is that he's just a fucking out of control animal, essentially. So to me, not really a good villain, uh, but some dude you get to kill, so that's cool. Um, yep, so you fight off the forces of the combined forces of Arms Godwin, and uh, this whole time you haven't gotten any reinforcements from the Dragon Knights, and you're uh, wondering what the fuck's going on because there's obviously Arms dudes here, and they should know this by now. So, the you would think the Dragon Knights would have shown up to help, so you're sent back to uh, Sorno to try to figure out what the fuck's going on. And when you get there, uh, you find the Godwins are there. And so instead of being able to go directly in and uh, talking with Craig, you have to take the run- this roundabout way through the Twilight Forest and the Dwarf Mines. Uh, and then you eventually uh, uh, meet up with Rug and Rahal, which are like the top two uh, Dragon Rider dudes. And they sneak you in to see Craig, and he uh, pretty much dodges your questions about what's going on. And he's like, yeah, there's stuff going on. We can't really help out right now. Sorry. Uh, And then you work uh, together with Rug and Rahal to figure out what's going on. And you find out uh, that there is a village called Gordius Village, where uh, I guess they raise the dragon 
uh, horses. And somehow Nethergate had gotten in there and threatened the eggs that the dragon horses are born from. And then also, I guess, the young uh, dragon horses. Uh, they're all like being threatened that they're going to be killed if the, the dragon knights uh, start to go into the conflict. Uh, but you're able to, uh, with the help of George, uh, put a stop to this plot. Uh, yeah, this is where cause... George comes back after he revealed that he killed your parents. Like there was somewhere in there, you you find that yeah the, that out. Yeah, when you got Mikas in your party or your army, and she's like, "Oh, I gotta tell you, George killed your parents, or at least Arstat." And then you run into George again, and Mikus is like laying the blame on him really heavy, and he doesn't say anything. Like this would have been the perfect time to explain what the fuck happened. He's just like, "I'm leaving," <laughs> and so he just leaves. <laughs> and I guess, presumably he does stuff like on on the slide for Lucretia. But it feels like uh, nothing ever he ever does. Like you never like gain anything from it or they don't at least tell you what you got like hey, he's gone he did some things but you're like what did he do like he made it so this happened but you're like well, I, I don't know I don't, you don't really see any results from george like oh i had i helped the beavers or something like that i don't know well he mentions at some point that he's been working uh like to do like take out pockets of like resistance and stuff like that or make things like paths open for the army to go through easier and stuff like that, like behind the scenes stuff, because he can't be uh, out and about and as like a, as a face of the army because everybody thinks he he killed the queen, which he did. So they can't afford to have him right be up in front and in, in the open because then that would earn the ire of the civilians and they'd be less likely to support the prince, I guess, because. Because he, they've got the murderer of the queen working for them, or whatever the fuck. So I guess that's the reason why you don't see shit from George, really. Uh, but you end up saving the dragon horse people, uh, the horses, and you get the dragonites to work with you. Uh, and uh, I think at this point you're able to uh, finish uh, liberating Sable and Dorat, and then move on to Stormfist. Uh, so when you finally go to Stormfist, you uh, are able to. Well, is this uh, where you like submerge your castle after they come? Like you do that whole thing? Because uh... that's what where the dragon knights come and help you at the end. You are. I think you are. I think you're right. Yeah. So. You like submerge yeah. the castle, and then you go to take it back, and then at the end, the dragon knights come or show up and help and like help you. You're right. I think Lucretia was waiting for the dragon knights to be on your side or whatever. So the plan is uh, that you are going to abandon your castle uh, because you're you don't have enough like uh, army. When arms like, comes up with uh, Godwin, then they have like a good strong force, and they're coming toward. Because you start abandoning like the towns and stuff. Yeah, you have to choose which towns to defend or whatever. Because you don't have enough army. Uh, yeah. But and then you're lucky because there's three like units. There's like the Godwin faction and then two arms factions, like the Southern Arms Army, Mountain Army or something, and then like the Western Arms. Uh, 
uh, army or something, or maybe it's the Eastern. Anyway, they're like a, a more of a, more of a naval faction because they go to Estrides or something, but they don't do anything. They sit there, so you only end up having to deal with the Godwin army and then the Southern Mountain Arms army. So you're able to fight them off a little bit, and then uh, Lucretia's plan is to let them uh, come in and take the castle, and so it, they feel like they won, uh, because they don't know that you can like raise and lower the water level. So uh, you let them take the castle, and this is where also you can lose Roy permanently if you let them if you set if you decide to stay and fight. Uh, which is what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you don't want to do that. Uh, they make it really obvious too, because it's like you can say she's like you could stay and fight, or we could abandon the castle, and like you got like three chances to say okay, we can abandon the castle, and you're like okay, that it should be pretty obvious. You probably should abandon the castle because it's a better strategy. Yeah. So. Uh, but so maybe really, do that. You get... They don't really explain why. Either you just have to just trust your own blind faith, type of thing. Well, that's all the strategies. Like you yeah. can question her, but I don't think she ever explains things to you. She's just like, I have a plan. Yeah. Uh, and it's like she's like the tactician, so you're supposed to be listening to what she says anyway. Yeah. Um. Yep. So you end up getting your castle back after you uh, flood it, and then your army is like all set to march on to Stormfist. So you do that. And uh, you push the remnants of the Godwin forces out of there. Uh, at this time, uh, they uh, had also conquered Rainwall, and Silides uh, murders Salum Barrows. Um, uh, but then they take all of their uh, forces out of Rainwall to go and try to defend uh, Solfalena, I believe. Or is it that or Stormfist? I think it's Stormfalena. Yeah, or you Lena. take Stormfist first, and then yeah, and then when you do Storm after that, then they fall back to protect Solflana. So the capital, Solflana. Yeah, and that's when um, they finally go back to Rainwall. And there's, there's like one seed I didn't get there, so I could finish the stupid garden. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't even bother going back because I wasn't gonna get Urim, so I was like, I'm not going there. I don't give a fuck. Oh yeah, there's an Sorry. option where like there's a if you get one character, you can't get another character. For your 108. Yeah. It's an either or type thing. And if you want... Which is fun. You can get that little bitch boy, Urium. Because he does some things, like, we kind of skipped over it, where he uh, tries to hurt your your progress, basically. Uh, yeah, there's multiple times where... Uh, like, so the bandit was his his plot. He hired Roy to sabotage, like destroy your reputation. Uh, there's another part where he hires uh, Isabel and Matthias, who are Maximilian knights, uh, who are seeking. Their their only goal is to like bring justice to evil, and so Iram uh, tries to frame the prince as an evil piece of shit, and get uh, Isabel and Matthias to kill him, uh, but that doesn't work. Um, there's another plot that he has. Uh, does something else. I can't fucking remember, but there's like three or four plots that you're trying to do to either kill you uh, or get you killed. And then I guess at the end of the game, you could choose to forgive him or something. Yeah, uh, I've never seen those 
events, I may never see those events. Yeah, because he's Cause... here. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, so after you take Stormfist, you move on to Solfalina. Um, you see Psyleads, uh at the entrance to the city, and uh, you uh, have to stop her from destroying this dam uh, that would wash away the uh, entire, uh, uh, I guess, Loyalist army. I don't know what else. That's what I called my army, the Loyalists, uh, with, the, with the Prince's army. And uh, unfortunately, you're able to stop Psylates, but uh, Giselle and, or Giselle's dead. No, he's not dead yet. Giselle and Marcel, or whatever, uh, somehow trigger the um, Sun Rune to like activate and blow shit up. Uh, so they do an attack that ends up destroying the dam. But fortunately, Lucretia planned for this. It actually plans for all kinds of crazy shit that happens in all these war battles. And uh, gets the dwarves and the beavers to uh, remove this, like, blockages that were in this drainage channels thing that were along the side of the river that were used many, many years ago because the river tends to flood sometimes. And so these drainage channels were built to uh, prevent that from happening. So you open the, the drain channels up, the dam comes down and the water level starts going up, but you're able to successfully drain it away. Um, and you you fight your way into Solfalina. On your way in, uh, you fight Elenia and Zahak again. Um, oh, we kind of skipped over uh, Silicides. But you fight her and... Silicides, yeah. Silicides uh, and Childress, I wanted you to take over um, the Gladiator Town. What's that called again? Stormfist? Stormfist. When you go take Stormfist... You finally killed Childress. Uh, that's when I was talking about earlier about the, the duel, um, where if you take some people from the beginning of the game, you can fight someone. Like the prince doesn't have to fight Childress. Um, and then, uh, did you mention that Silicides like betrayed you? Yeah, when she uh, mm-hmm. took Leon, or not Leon, but Lim's Leia. Oh yeah, when she got stabbed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, then but somehow she still like helps you, like when you go to fight child after you defeat Childress, she like uh, well, before was it before? Because you get ambushed when there's like crossbow archers everywhere, and then they all get taken out by magic. Yeah, and she helps you there. Uh, but then you fight you fight Childress one on one, and then you go back into the the other part of the town that you hadn't been to before and you take over their, their mansion or whatever. Um, and you fight Silicides there and then she gets away. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, nobody knows exactly why she has betrayed you or anything like that. And she doesn't tell you either, but she, throughout the game, you get these like cutscenes where she cryptically says, Oh, I hope this works. Say, or, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you can talk to her maid after that fight, and basically the whole concept is is that she thought if Limslila became the queen still, that the nobility would still fight amongst itself. So her plan was to get rid of the nobility to allow a new era to be created after that. Uh, 
yeah, I, I talked to some other NPCs too, and they went a little bit more into detail about it. Like, so she wanted to kill at least at least uh, Godwin and Barrows, their factions yep. off, because they were the two main like Nobles. issues in the Senate. Uh, and so they figured she figured if they if they were not killed during this war, then after the war, that people would kind of just like wash their hands of it and like give them a slap on the wrist, and it would still be a problem for Lemslea's reign in the future. So she's like, well, the only way to fix this is to just get them killed. So she defected, quote unquote, uh, to try to orchestrate things in a way that would get rid of Barrows and Godwin uh, to kind of leave the the future open to the prince and Lemslea to have a good rule or whatever the fuck. But like, I don't understand why she didn't just tell this to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I... Like, for some reason, she hates Lucretia. I can't remember why she hates Lucretia, but I feel like she should tell Lucretia this shit, and then Lucretia could be like, oh, well, we can do this, and this would solve the problem, or whatever, right? But then also, I don't know how cool Lucretia is with just, like, straight-up murder. So, uh, who knows? But yeah, that's she. so she got the, uh, was it Twilight Rune? Uh, yeah, so she was able, she, when she worked Inside of Godwin's, uh, for some reason, she was able to uh, inherit the Twilight Ruin. Or chose her. Because, yeah, chose her instead of having to be forced onto her. So she was able to use its full power. Which uh, which comes then... Okay, so then we'll, now we're back to Sophalena and we're invading them. Yeah, so you fight her at the dam again. Uh, and you stop her from doing that and you like you mortally wound her. Uh, but because like she's your aunt and everybody still cares about her, they try to heal her, and she tells pretty much everybody to fuck off and let her die. Uh, well, so she ends up dying. Well, you stop the sun rune from being used. That's... Uh, that's right. The sun rune. So the sun rune goes off once, and it destroys the dam, and then it goes. It tries to go off again, and you combine the power of the twilight and the dawn runes to stop the sun rune from going off, and this somehow prevents it from doing anything for a while. Uh. So you don't have to worry about the sun its... ruin like going crazy anymore. It goes into its refractory phase. Well, you know we can't all just go back to back, all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, I guess it it does put it into some kind of dormant state for a little bit. Um, but this this allows you to safely attack the uh, capital. So you move, you make your way in. Uh, at the entrance is Elenia and Zahak. And uh, you fight them once, and then you beat them, and they take this uh, drug that is uh, made by Nethergate. And you've seen it a couple times before. Uh, Cliffbridge took it, and when you take it, it turns into like this raging beast. Uh, you lose all like reason, and you just want to kill things. So they do this, and you kill them. You make your way into the Anis Chamber, and you have a one-on-one -on -one duel with uh, Gazelle. Uh, even though he knows he already lost, he's too proud to just, I guess, give up and admit defeat. Um, so he duels, a, he duels the prince, the prince kills him, and everybody's like, all right, everything's cool, uh, but where's the sun rune, and where's uh, Marcel? Uh, and then uh, when you were in the uh, Godwin mansion in Stormfist, Zwig found these scattered remnants of like tablets from the Sindar ruins. Uh, 
and somehow knew that they weren't from any of the Sinnoh ruins that they've we've been into already, so they had to have been from a different set of Sinnoh ruins. And so once you kill uh, Gazelle, uh, I can't remember if it's like a day or something passes, but Zweig figures out exactly where the, uh, um, I guess the tablets came from or what they said on them or something. And you learn, uh, you piece together through like the, from the flashbacks and these tablets that there's another set of Sinnoh ruins to the north and the, in the mountains that are up there. And so your party just uh, figures out that that's where uh, all of the Godwin uh, forces went. They retreated to this Sundar ruins in the mountains. Yeah, they took they the took Sundar the, with them. They took the Sundar, yeah. That's because you retake Sofalena and then uh, basically you win, but then you have to get the Sundar back. Yes. Uh, and you, you, it also, you also get a big hint because there's glaciers, I guess, that are up there <laughs> and they started melting. Uh, and so the river's swelling again, and so everybody's like, oh, uh, there's, a, there's glaciers there. Uh, I guess his plan is that he's going to melt all the glaciers and flood Felena, even though he loves Felena. And uh, I guess he just they, they all think that because he lost, he's just going to kill everybody or whatever. Yeah. So uh, you end up... Uh, your party figures out that they can't send the whole army up there because uh, it's... It, it's too cold or whatever, and like the logistics want to work out, so uh, you have to find another way. And uh, Haswar is like, "Oh, there's this old legend about something mm-hmm. in Lunas. Uh, we could go there and see if it's true." So you go there, you go to the purification chamber area where Lumsley uh, took a bath before, and there's a statue in the background where if you raise your hands with the twilight and the dawn ruins it like empties the bath out and it reveals the path to the mountains and by the way since we were talking about uh leads and the twilight rune you kill her and leon inherits the twilight rune this time so leon has it now uh so leon and the prince uh are able to reduce the water uh, or just evaporate all the water out of this chamber in the purification area uh, you follow this tunnel all the way to the Sindar ruins in the mountains. And uh, when you get there, uh, there are three doors that are closed. And uh, you split into three groups. You have Leon's group, uh, Zwig's group, and the Prince's group. And they each fight their way through this dungeon. Uh, they each fight a boss at the end. And then they reunite at the end. And uh, monsters are coming in. Uh, and you have this, like, uh, George is there, so he's like, All right, I'll stay here with uh, the rest, like, the party or the people that you don't take with you to fight the final boss. So then you have to pick one final party and you go fight the final boss, which uh, is Marskal Godwin possessed by the sun rune, and he turns into this, like, butterfly thing. Uh, you kill it, and then I guess, depending on your ending. Uh, or how well you did with 108 stars or whatever, uh, you learn that the Sun Ruin is influenced by the Dawn and the Twilight Ruins, and whether or not it is an evil influence or a uh, good influence depends on how the Twilight and the Dawn Ruins were used or something. And so because the Prince and Leon are good people, and they didn't use the Ruins for evil, it converted the Sun Ruin into like the good part of the Sun Ruin or something. It gets remade in a good image or something, yeah. 
yeah, so instead of being a destructive forest, is now like a nurturing forest. Uh, and they are able, I guess they're going to use it to heal the country or something. Uh, but essentially, in the so the post game is everybody, if you do the good ending, everybody returns to Solfalena. Uh, Limbs Leia becomes the queen, uh, oh. but this time of her own volition. Don't forget, like, uh, Leon dies, and then if, depending on... Oh, that's right, yeah. Leon if you dies. have all the stars of Destiny, you, yeah. she gets revived. Yeah, because I guess the the Twilight Rune, or the Dawn Rune, was keeping her alive. Like, that magic was keeping her alive, and then once the th- everything got reset, basically, like, uh, she died. Because then the you get both runes or something. And then... Depending on if you get all 108 runes, I, I don't know if it's like what. Also, if she's like, if she's favorable towards you or not, if that's takes a part, if that's part of it. But then, like, the, basically, the dawn rune brings her back to life. That's the sun rune, or the sun sun brings her back. To sun, life. Yeah, sun rune brings her back. To life. Because it gets put into the like the healing thing, and basically, uh, you see like, everyone that's like died, that. you see everyone that's died from the sun rune, like one last time, uh, and then. They all kind of like bring you. I don't think it's necessarily the dead from the sun rune. I think it's just anybody that died that you knew. Because like Elena, Elenia, and Zahak show up for some reason. Uh, like Arshtat's there, but she didn't. She definitely didn't die from the sun rune. She got stabbed. Uh, because of the sun rune's influence, though. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Yeah, you're right. But uh... I just I took it as like some kind of afterlife. You somehow yeah. saw this afterlife thing and. Uh, you're able be, because you got all the stars of destiny. You were able to convert the sun rune into the good sun rune, and it revived Leon. Yeah, presumably only Leon because her body was right there, and she like just died. But or she wasn't uh, all the way gone yet. Yeah, something. Something. Uh, yeah, like that. <laughs> something like that. something happens. Leon comes back. Lecknot shows up. She's like, "Yeah, you found all the stars of destiny. You." Or whatever. So now, and you're you're good people or something. So the sun rune's good. Great job. Uh, but uh, so Lumsleia becomes queen. Uh, they get rid of the senate and they install like a parliament instead, which is a representation uh, represented by all the citizens of uh, Flania instead of just the nobility. Uh, and because there's like these racial issues, they also are letting the beavers and the dwarves be represented in the government. Uh, they abolish the sacred games, and she is able to choose her own husband. Uh, the prince is, if you choose to stay, the prince is appointed captain of the Queen's Knights, and he, uh, I guess, marries Leon. I don't know if it's implied or not, but I assume that they're a couple. Uh, and George leaves because he actually did kill the Queen, and if uh, that. Or- people know about this and they don't want like they wouldn't want a queen killer in the country so he's going to go off and do some other shit uh he also takes his uh, eye patch off because he told a story earlier that he uh was fighting in a war with farad and he slipped up and he got his uh he got took a wound to the eye and and farad saved his life so that's why he was here to help farad out as a favor or whatever but then he takes eye patch off he's like yeah i said i got hurt i didn't say i lost my eye (laughs) haha He's like, yeah, he, he uses it to, because he got so overconfident and helped him kind of keep himself in check. Yeah. Because he's so badass. <laughs> so. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, and that's the game. I I don't know what happens with if you leave for George. I haven't looked that up either. So I don't know what that's all about. It basically just shows you like, like, there's a picture of you and George like going over a hill. <laughs> that's about it. So there's not a lot to it. All right. Well, I've been talking for a while, so you guys got anything to say about the story? Uh, I wish I could honestly add anything more. You covered it pretty well there. Um, yeah, just overall, I guess my recap on it. It's a decent story for a Sakoon game. Um, slightly deeper than the other entries with more moving pieces. Clearly, it takes a bit longer gameplay-wise. Something like 40, 50 hours compared to like the normal 20 to 35. Um, it works okay. The start's really slow. It doesn't flow well. It makes sense to get all the set pieces in place, but you don't really visit Solfalena again, so it's kind of weird there. Um, yeah, like we said before, multiple set pieces. Uh, you reveal each one pretty much each time you take over an area for the story of Farad and Arshtat. The antagonists are super edgy, which is standard for Sakudin. I mean, Luca Blight is literally an edgelord. Childress is literally an edgelord, kind of follows. But these ones are even more bland than normal. Like, Gazelle and Marskull are kind of super boring antagonists. They don't really bring a whole lot besides we know what's best for our country and you don't, and that's kind of the whole story overall. And then literally at the end of the game, Gazelle and Marskull are like smiling down at you 20 minutes after you killed Marskull at the end of the game. Like, is he the bad guy or not? I really don't get it, honestly. Um, otherwise, yeah, stories. It's decent. Some of the side questing wasn't as great as the other games in this one. Um, I don't really like Freydor and Leon at the end of the game. I think it's kind of lame overall. Like, the romance has no point in any way in the story. Um, but it ties in the whole universe pretty well uh, at the end of the day. Like, I like the direction they took in this fifth game to get it closer to the first uh three games instead of the fourth game being like 120 or whatever years beforehand it, it kind of wrapped up everything well even though it wasn't meant to be a final game uh for the series so i guess my ranking overall for this game in particular would be like a three out of five yeah i kind of feel this like i'm kind of with you on that score i'm gonna also give it a three out of five um the story was okay, but it was kind of convoluted, and there's some parts that dragged, and then some parts were better. Um, overall, it was fine. Uh, it kept it, was, it kept me going, but I felt like there's some parts they could have sped up and cut out and explained a little bit better, um, or you know, help me understand. Like you don't have to give it to me all at once, but like. Every time you're you're making a decision, you don't know why, and I don't I don't I don't that kind of annoys you, annoys me, annoyed me a little bit, and um, I don't know, it just didn't seem like it was disjointed, like it wasn't a smooth experience the whole way through. So I did as I enjoyed it, but there's a, a lot that could have been better uh, and done differently as well. So, what about you, Nick? What's your score? 
Uh, did you score it? You said three, right? Yeah, I said three. Uh, yeah, I'm also gonna give it a three. Uh, like kind of how Kyle was saying, like uh, it was like really weird that uh, the Godwins like smile at you in like the end when you see all the dead people and shit. Uh, and it's also like it felt like you get to fight them, and they're like, "Oh, I was, we're doing this for the good of Felania, yeah, uh, or yeah. Felina. And, uh, you know, it's okay that you won and uh, we lost, but uh, we're still going to fight you because uh, we have to. I'm like... Because of pride. Yeah, it's like, okay, like, just, you lost, dude. Like, what the fuck? You gotta really, like, make shit difficult. And, like, they do because it's a game or whatever, but uh, it's it felt like a really weird... Like, we weren't evil the whole time kind of thing. Like, kind of how in Chain Echoes, when you uh, you get to the end and you're fighting the, the king, the brother, and he's like, so actually, my plan the entire time was to get everybody to hate me uh, so that you guys look like the heroes. And I felt like that same vibe from this, where there's yeah. like, oh, uh, we we wanted to, like, make it so that everybody, uh, like, loved the the country kind of thing or whatever i'm like i don't understand why you guys just fucking didn't just give up when you, you knew you were losing like you had such an overwhelming advantage at the beginning and then you just like got your ass beat and even like when you are face to face with your enemy you're just like i have no chance of winning but i'm still gonna kill my like get myself killed like whatever and then, like, uh, Marskal with the sun rune at the end, he's like, uh, are you are you going to be able to take care of this country? And, like, your only option for the prince is, like, yeah, I promise I will. Uh, Marskal's like, oh, you got to prove it. I'm going to fuse with this sun rune <laughs> and turn this fucking crazy beast, like, spiritual thing or whatever, and you have to kill me. I'm like, what the fuck is this crazy-ass shit? Yeah. Like, what I don't. Any of like the end game bosses before, uh, like in the like politics wise, like doing that kind of crazy shit. Uh, but you know what? Whatever. It's uh, it works. It works for the game, I guess. It's, in its own way. Uh, in general, uh, it's, they. I feel like they could have spaced out like the politicking more. Uh, I think we've said it many times already, but like they definitely front load a bunch of like uh, lore shit like world building stuff uh but they don't tie it into anything in the grand scheme very well uh and so that kind of leaves you wanting for like uh, i guess engaging storyline content because it's all like the whole entire game is save the princess and that's the plot so it's not like they they kind of like like i guess lead you on with like politicking at the beginning because that they're like oh this is going to be a political thing there's lots of political stuff happening and then they just kind of throw that shit out and they're just like the only goal is to save the princess uh and so for me it was very i guess disappointing in that regard uh but at, for what it did do i think it did it all competently uh nothing really like no twists or turns or anything like that in the plot that were like, oh wow, this is interesting. Because even all, uh, 
when you when you like find out why Dolph was serving uh, Gogwin, he just like, yeah, I just like to being able to kill people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, like they've done that before. That was literally Luca Blight, and we all love Luca Blight as a villain. He's like, I kill people because I'm a badass. But I think at this point, it's just so overdone in Sakudin, where like or sweep it in that you need just something else. Well, I feel like um, a lot and it gets old. They try to like do the best hit, like the the hits, you know, like hey, this is a th- thing that worked in another game. We'll put that in there, and this worked in another game. Put that in there, and it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't at the same time. Well, it definitely suffers from not having like the actual uh, the guy that made the Suikoden like world uh, as part of like this, uh, like. The, the the world building or whatever and stuff in this game and like the plot because they it, it, they presumably would have had like a, a completely different team who have maybe never worked on a speaking game before maybe some of them are fans maybe not uh and they're just like well what do we do i guess we work off of the other games and like try to make the game somehow intertwined with those because that's all we got we don't really have any information about where to go uh, past Suikoden 3, so we'll just go a little bit before then, or something. But, it's fine. We've definitely played games that have way worse stories, and we've played games that had better stories, so it's kind of in the middle. Yeah. For me. Yeah, it's not terrible, but uh, I mean, it's better than 4 and better than Tactics, so I mean, they at least got better. Um, so uh, maybe, uh, maybe he was improving stuff but yeah i mean in my eyes a three is more than average 2.5 so it's better than average it is like it's not terrible in any way but it's not anything i'd write home about it's for me it's had the potential to be the best but then they just like they lost it somewhere uh and it's like okay well it went from like having uh, what could have been like a very like in-depth, complex, like nuanced plot, maybe, uh, and then just kind of like drop it, and then they're like, all right, we're just doing like a generic uh, thing now. So yeah, yeah, enjoy. like they definitely... a lot of my thoughts on this game is that they got to where they made um, uh, Lokar or whatever the city is, and then they ran out of money. Yeah, honestly, it's the game kind of drops off really hard after that. Because even up until Lokar, they're still dealing with like, it's not like not super like high level like concept political stuff, but it's still more like, hey, this town's got like conscripts and shit, and uh, that's that's pretty fucked up, right? Like stuff like that, and then like you just go, even the next town, Dorat, is literally like a gray castle. Like there's no NPCs, mm-hmm. there's nothing happening in that town. It's just like, oh, we go, you walk into the the town, you fight mooks. And then you kill, you fight off Elenia. And yeah. Oh, and we can just... talk more about that when we get to visuals. I have a lot on that. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess we're, we're all good on stories? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wonderful. Music break number two. I do. Whose pick is this? I have no idea. Is it Kevin's? Yeah, it's mine. Okay. It's tension. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of like the, the music that plays when, like, uh, I guess a tense moment comes up where there's some kind of drama going on. I don't know. I kind of like it when it, when that this music's playing, I, I got like the jam of it. So 
this is my pick. So, music break two, tension. visuals uh kyle it seems like you have a lot to say so i'll let you start this one off all right um i can start this one so game was made in 2006 ps2 it's not going to be great we understand that you know it's been a number of years now but this game has not aged well in any way shape or form um you can tell at this point in time that the series definitely seemed to either just not have the money behind it or not have the right workers behind it and for a 2006 game it just seems extremely pixelated in a bad way um there's a lot of noticeable things and like maybe it's because i'm a i'm a sakudan fanboy or suikoden fanboy from you know two on and all that but there's just a lot of stuff in here that that looks like they kind of half-assed it. Um, things you'll notice throughout the game if you actually look at it. A lot of the cutscenes, a lot of the times when you see people, um, not actually a movable cutscene, but just, you know, characters on the screen, their normal sprites, you'll notice they don't have animations for things like people falling over um when the the sound uh based character with the flute the dragon flute pulls out her flute they actually don't show that they black out and then show her playing the flute and then black out again and show the flute gone so it's just the kind of thing you can you can tell they didn't put a lot of time into some of these simple character animations almost none of the npcs in the game move um, I didn't really realize that until I played through it this time, but but maybe a couple of cats, maybe a couple two to three characters in every town actually move around. Uh, so it really just seems like a lot of the visuals were put to the back burner, and that would make sense with how badly 4 performed and how bad kind of the sales of 5 were that they just didn't have the funding to make things look very good. 
Um, you'll notice too in the cutscenes, the lip syncing's really off. Um, it's just not very good in any way, shape, or form. Pretty much every town is one to two different colors besides Held Village, which is just nuts and doesn't make any sense uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, but but a lot of it's just dull gray. Solfalena is dull white in 90% of it. Um, uh, the, the Bath Village, Yakushna Village or whatever it is, is just dirt with some grass it's it's all the same across every single town so it gets kind of old um the world map is barren it's way too shrunk in from what you can see you really could zoom it out quite a bit to make it better the towns have a lot of empty space in them you'll be running through areas and switching screens for at least two to three minutes to get through some of the towns um especially towards the end of the game um in the the first um, port of the dragon horse area, you, you have to run past that bridge three or four times to collect two characters, and it's just like, God, can I not have the third same exact designed bridge that I'm crossing or same like arcway that I'm running under be here right now? Can we just condense some of this? So really, overall, the visuals, I don't feel did a great job in any way i'd i'd prefer to see the old top-down 2d style honestly i think it works better um so i'm gonna give the visuals a two out of five and honestly i've only done the show maybe four or five times it's probably like the lowest score i've given <laughs> yeah i think so uh but i i have to agree with you um there's a lot of areas where they uh, like they've made really nonsensical decisions, so it's kind of like a mix between gameplay and the visuals. Uh, like how Sorano, when you have to go downstairs, it's like 20 flights of stairs, it's not that many, but like You're there's right. nothing there. It's, it's like five. you go down, yeah, it's like five, but it feels like you're going down fucking forever. And it's but there's not they could have just done one flight of stairs. I don't understand why they needed five because like it's a loading screen between each one, you go down two sets of stairs, loading screen. Two sets of stairs, loading screen. Two sets of stairs, loading screen. Two sets of stairs. I'm like, what the fuck is down here? And there's nothing down here. It's worthwhile going down there, but there's not a single character or item to interact with on any of those screens. And they all look exactly the same. So yeah. it's you don't you just needed one. That's all. And then like going to like the big hole, uh, getting your way to the the extra dungeon. That feels like it goes on for like twenty fucking miles. It's just one path. It's nothing, it's nothing interesting to look at. It's just a dirt tunnel, and you're walking down it for, like, five minutes. You're getting into, like, 20 fights, and I'm like, this is, this is really captivating my attention visually here. Yes. Brown. Perfect. Um, I didn't have that much of an issue with, like, the character animations and stuff. I guess I really didn't notice it. Uh, I did appreciate, like, the little 15, 20-second scenes that they did that were fully animated uh when they when they showed up because it gave some characters a lot of personality uh and i thought like the visual designs for most of the characters was pretty cool um uh the animations in battle were good uh, a lot of the enemy designs were pretty good as well uh, even if there were a bunch of recolors but that's part of the chorus uh i thought the 
uh, fact that the lead like characters showed up on the war battles as your like party leader or whatever for the the units that was pretty cool. Um, I yeah the only uh, like the only really negative thing I could say is like the bland color palette uh, and then like repeated designs and stuff like that. Uh, so for me, it's still a three out of five. Kevin. What do you got to say? Yeah, I, I'm right with you. Three out of five. Um, like I like the character, like portraits and everything. They thought those all look pretty good. They all have unique portraits, um, and they all have like reaction. It's not like all the same portrait, you know. Like they uh, put reactionary stuff in there. Yeah, I think it needs uh, an update where like it's just not like so like. I play it on like on a big screen TV and everything's so damn pixelated. So uh, it's probably better on the smaller screen where it's meant to be. Um, but I can't really fault it for a 2006 game where people are still using you know tube TVs at the, that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bland dungeons, like you guys said. I mean, I'm kind of like on both. Like yeah, everything you guys have said, I, I agree with. There's nothing I really disagree with. I do like the like I was saying earlier, the battle animations uh, where you're like kicking ass and like dodging and blocking and then attacking. Like I thought those are interesting. Um, they didn't like, you know, it's kind of a, something that added to this game that they really have in other games. So at least kept you, it wasn't like boring to watch the whole time because other things were happening, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's not like, amazing by any means uh so yeah i'm gonna go with three sounds good okie dokie music slash voice acting uh i already mentioned the composers before uh so i'm not gonna waste time saying them again but uh i guess i'll start this one off why not uh i think the music and sound effects uh, were pretty good. Uh, there was some voice acting, but not a lot. What I heard was, I guess, okay. I don't have any complaints about like the voices and stuff. There were some characters, though, that I don't think their voices fit the character. Um, and I think you only really hear the voices during like duels and stuff, and then also during the war battle stuff. Uh, because when you do a war battle, like when you fight somebody, somebody be like, charge! Or like we can we can take them or some random quips or whatever the fuck, uh, and like uh, the the one that really caught me off guard was like the to the fucking detective guy the the lazy assassin dude Sugiru Sugiri or something Shiguri yeah yeah uh, he has like a really deep voice and I was like whoa I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> It wasn't like bad. It was just like, oh, well, that doesn't feel like the character to me. But uh, for the music itself, uh, there's a lot of fucking tracks in this game, and while most of it I wouldn't like listen to outside of the game, uh, I thought for the most part it was all fitting. Uh, for each like environment they're in and uh, the game as a whole, and it definitely felt like a, a Sweden soundtrack. Like it had that like folksy kind of, I guess Japanese vibe. Uh, 
So I think it was pretty good. And uh, I would give this uh, a four out of five. Cool. Kevin. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any problems with the music. Uh, nothing really like... I mean, there's some really good tracks when they need to like let you know like something important's happening or you should feel some like something different like there's intense music or sad music or whatever i feel like they paired it well with whatever was happening in the game at the time uh to enhance whatever mood they wanted you to feel um like which kind of goes with like my pick for that tension song um it stood out to me because i was like oh okay i'm feeling this so uh i think they did a good job with that uh voice acting i mean i thought for what it was it was fine uh i know kyle you've probably played this game more way more than us so you probably are picking up on more of the the bad than we are um because i think this kind of i mean there's voice acting in games at this point, but it's still used more sparringly. It's not like everything like now is voice acted. Um, but uh, I don't have any issues with it. Um, sound effects and like, I guess there you can change. You know, if you get the different recruits, you can change some of the sound effects and stuff, which is kind of interesting. But uh, overall, I think it's three and a half. I liked it, but it was uh, nothing like amazing, I guess. Yeah, and honestly, um, I also have a three and a half on this one as well. I I think it's kind of a fight between the the soundtrack, which is really good, um, and the voice acting, which isn't terrible, but it's not great. It's it's acceptable. The the Besides a few off characters, most of the voices for the characters make sense. Um, a lot of the songs are actually really good. I think. I think the town themes fit really well. I think the battle themes are pretty good, although you hear them far too often in the game, unfortunately, so they get kind of old. Um, it's got the classic Sakudan thing where the opening track is a banger, like. You have to admit, every Sakuden opening is probably one of the best openings in gaming that you've seen. I think they do a really good job of that, of setting the, the mood of the game, the tone of the game. Um, and I think Wind of the Phantom does that pretty well. I think Two Guardian Runes, Light Moaning in the Darkness, they're, they're really great, kind of somber, haunting tracks. Uh, the Water, Trees, and Sun, the Beaver Village is kind of a nice... Um, beat jovial tune uh running to the river is a good world theme i just think they've got a lot of good cracks overall on this and i'm surprised um that i haven't seen more of these people in other games honestly for uh for how good it does but i think sakun's always really or suikoden sorry has always put itself on just having really good overall music um without being like the main focus of the game or, or having a lot of focus on that. I just think they do a, a really good job of, of giving you tracks that kind of stick with you for a little bit after playing. Yeah, I can agree with that. There's definitely, um, 
a lot of songs that are like in my head. I wouldn't say like I, I enjoy them too much, <laughs> the ones that are in my head, but uh, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's a shame that the, the lady, I believe, is the lady that did that composed the first two Swigans retired, but the people that have uh, come after her definitely did a good job. Uh, let's see. That brings us to musical break number three, and that is my pick this time. Uh, this one is called Determination, uh, and then like some tildes and Tragic Fight. And I think this is uh, when you fight either Meekus or uh, Sea Leads or something, but. Uh, it's a pretty good battle theme. It's, I think it's the only battle theme that anybody picked, and so I figured that I might pick. But uh, I think it's pretty good, and hope you enjoy. Time for our overall experience. As Brent would say, it is expectations versus reality, uh, which I think is pretty true for 
general how everybody else uh, does this section, but we all have our own little quirks in regards to it. Uh, considering you've written the most shit of anybody, uh, concerning every topic, <laughs> unless you go first, Kyle. <laughs> sure. Um, so overall, uh, to start, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the series. I really am. Um, definitely top three maybe even top of my choice of just series of games um so i would enjoy this even if it was the worst game that anyone had ever played in their entire life so a little hard there but but overall um it's tough for me to rank this game i think in the series itself it's better than three and four for sure um, but it's not up to two standards. It flops between one, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, if I want something that's a little more new age and non-nostalgic, I would pick this. If I want something that's a little easier and quicker, I would pick one. But but it's a really good game. I'd say uh, comparative to other games that came out around its time, like it's better than a lot of JRPGs. Um, I've played some bad ones. This one isn't bad in any way. Is it easy? Yes. Um, is it deep? Somewhat, but not necessarily. Can you get through it in less than 35 hours, 100%? Unfortunately, no, because the beginning's really long. But it's it's a good game. It's just not at the top of any of my lists. Like, if you're going to ask me what a top 10 list of JRPGs was, or a top whatever list of RPGs was, this probably wouldn't be up there but the series as a whole would be. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at on it. Uh, again, the the start's too drawn out. You don't really visit Solfalena too much again. You visit Stormfist a little bit, but not too much. Um, the side quests and recruitment feel a little longer and a little less fun than the other games. Um, but unfortunately, like I'd mentioned maybe once or twice, I had to replay about 20 hours of the game in the middle of it to get 100%, so like that's kind of on me a little bit. Um, the army battles are fun, um, but at the same time, they're kind of simplistic. And not that the other games had better army battles, it's just for the real-time strategy, there wasn't a lot of strategy overall. Um, other than that... Castle was good in this game. I like it. Uh, not as good as twos, unfortunately, but it's still a good one. You need to have skippable cutscenes in this game. Like, please, for the love of God, get those in there. Um, I've seen a lot of them multiple times, and it drives me crazy. And some of them are honestly like ten or fifteen minutes. And then finally, not having um, the uh, the dice game uh, Chinchiron in uh, in the game kind of brings this down a little bit more. For me than I would like, um, because that game's just like stupidly fun, even though you have to save scam it every time to get as much potch as you want. Uh, so overall, I'm gonna give this game a 3.5 out of 5. I think it is a good time. I think if you haven't played any of the sweet hitting games before, it's worth playing, even though it's at the end. Um, hopefully, it would get you into playing the other games, but but even on its own as a standalone, I think it's still a good time. Okay, uh, Kevin, what about you? Uh, for a sequel to the game, uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, I, for Suikoden in general, I love it, but then, I, th there's some games that are really bad, like 4 and Tactics, and, I mean, I guess Tactics wasn't terrible, but it's like, I don't know, I, I 
it's hard for me to get a good grip on how I really feel about it. Um, but five, um, I loved it once you get to the castle part. And I think they took too long to get to that. And it really hurt it. Um, because once I got going, uh, I was like hooked. It's kind of like um, catnip or whatever you want to say. Like I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, like I put 90 hours in and I took my time and I savored it because I know it was the last week it in that we're going to play. And I'm hoping you didn't or whatever you want to call it. I can't, I don't know how it's pronounced, but, uh, I hope that one is, uh, you know, the spiritual, spiritual successor it's supposed to be and kind of fills that void because the whole castle recruiting, uh, game kind of loop you got uh, in these games is like one of my favorite things to do so uh i think they did that pretty decent in this game um better than four um three was kind of too split up for me um i mean two is probably you know the pinnacle the the high point of the series um can't really it's like almost a perfect game um but to me at least but I still love this game despite all its flaws. Um, I probably will play it again one day, but probably only once they kind of get it uh, a remake or a remaster or whatever. Because just getting out the PlayStation 2 and go, going through the load times and all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't recommend for anybody that had you know doesn't already have that kind of nostalgia for it because it's probably hard too hard to go back to kind of that stuff if you are not used to it or haven't um experienced that before um if you're hardcore then yeah sure go for it but i would probably wait um or if you really want to play it then go for it but i, I it's a good. It's not a bad game, but it just might uh, take you a while to get to the good part. So, all that being said, I loved it uh, when I got to where I, where I needed to. So, I'm gonna give it a four. It probably doesn't deserve a four, but I I'm biased on the game and the way the game the way it is in general. I like the concepts of the way they make this game or you know the, they design the game. So. Uh, like you it probably is a three and a half but to me it's a four so that's what i'm going with if i can be honest i'm glad you gave it a four because i wanted to but i felt that was too much and it's more it's about how you feel so it's not that that's that's a disclaimer it's not maybe not a four if for everyone but uh if you already like sweep it in and if you're playing the fifth game of the series you probably do so I would say the people that do like Sleeping In series and are into that, you will still... You, I mean, it's like you were saying, it's, to me, the second or third game of the best... Second or third best game of the series, depending on your mood. Like, I think one is good if you want a short game. Um, but I think five... And I think one and five are kind of tied for me for second place, I guess. Yeah, well, I think agree. anybody... Anybody that might be a fan of the series in general uh, has the same order because I'm definitely up there. It's two, one, five, uh, three, four, and 
uh, as you guys said, five and one are interchangeable almost, uh, depending on your mood. It's uh, it's a, I mean, it's a good game. Uh, I was looking up the list of all the RPGs that came around out around the same time as it, and uh, yeah, it's stuff like uh, the first dot hack GU, the second dot hack GU, Final Fantasy twelve, uh, Wild Arms five. God, you guys uh, haven't done dot hack, have you? Uh, we have not. No, I think I would love to, but I think it might be a little too expensive for some. No, it's fair. It's, yeah, it's not that great so, either. <laughs> if you don't have it, if you don't have it already, good luck. We could probably, I mean, you could probably do the remaster versions or whatever on the PS4 or whatever. The fuck. Uh, uh, sorry, way off topic though. Apologies. That's all good. <laughs> like I, th- I would love to do the first dot hacks, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, anyway. Uh, for me, uh, it's kind of like a weird, it's like a bell curve, I guess, my enjoyment of this game, because it's like the first 15 hours is, uh, bottom of the bell curve, and then you hit that sweet spot in the middle where things are starting to finally click, um, and then, uh, as you said, Kyle, they, they lost their budget, and, uh, it starts going back downhill, so, uh, I'm going to give my overall experience a 3.5. Uh, because it definitely it took me a hot minute to get uh, really invested in it but then when I did this past week uh, I pretty much played it non-stop every uh, chance I could and uh, I got through it with no issues and had a pretty good time of it Um, and I uh, liked it enough that I made sure to get my New Game Plus file straight so that the next time I played it, uh, I'd have a, a good start on that. And I feel like if I did not enjoy myself playing it, I would not have wasted my time doing it. Good way to put it. Yeah, I just I did a thing. Uh, I saved. I made a save at Rainwall uh, right when you can start recruiting characters. So if I did want to play it again, I could start from there. <laughs> uh, that's how I started this one. It's great. Oh yeah, there you. Go. That's that's how you can skip so many hours. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that with my new game plus file. Make a save at Rain Rainwall and be like, all right, here we go. Right. This way, I'm starting with twenty fucking boost runes and shit. Let's do it. Uh, all right. Well. Last section, uh, it's late for everybody. We're ready to get the fuck out of here. So replayability slash extra content. Uh, this section is all about whether or not uh, a game is replayable, if it's enjoyable to replay, if there's anything extra to offer from another playthrough. Uh, then also if there's like post-game dungeons or uh, just any extra content that's not necessarily, not necessarily part of the main game, uh, but stuff that you can chase uh, sometime during, before or after uh, your game. Uh, and maybe boost the experience. Um, Would anybody like to go first? I mean, yeah, I'll I'll say it's, I mean, unless you're wanting to play the whole game all over again and go through that, I don't think the replayability is that that great. Um, You, there's a part in the game where, like you're saying, where George stays behind, uh, New Game Plus, he, you can take him with you. Um, there, I mean, the rewards you get for New Game Plus are, like, kind of shitty. Like, you don't get to keep any of your armor that you have equipped, and, uh, you don't keep all your 
skills like that you worked hard to build up you keep the only thing you keep are like party skill points so i mean there's not a huge incentive to play the game again unless you are like a huge fan of the, of the series so i'm gonna just give it a one okay uh kyle what about you yeah you know that's fair um i've never actually played a new game plus on it i have saves for it but i've just never like gone back and done it again so i couldn't even tell you if it's worthwhile but um i'm gonna bring it actually to maybe an idea that that i think travis might have brought up would you play the game again to see some of the bad endings? Because, I mean, at this point in time, you can just go online and, like, not waste the time or any of that crap. But even back in the day, like, I wouldn't not beat this game 100%. So you're already getting the best thing you can get out of it the first time playing it. So, like, what is the replayability, honestly? Um, and that being the case for me, I'd, I'd probably give it a one as well it's just like what's and and i've beat it five times like i'll play it for fun but there's no point in going back and getting more stuff or getting more things it's just i don't know i guess give it give it a 1.5 for me it would would be mine because just nostalgia and trying to have a good time um but but there's no reason beyond that okay that's fair uh i'm right there with you uh I will, I'll probably give it a 2 only because it has the uh, the, uh, the capability of doing New Game Plus even if it doesn't offer much. Uh, it does change things up a little bit. Like you said, you can use George. Uh, you can have all your pots from the beginning. You can have your party SP. You can have any item that was in your storage or your inventory. Uh, so if you do some planning, uh, you can uh, start your new game plus uh in a very good position uh however it doesn't really change anything in the game itself or the plot uh this, it doesn't add any extra dungeons like how like a trails game would do uh it, so as you guys have said unless you really really like the game uh or you just want to revisit it again in, in 10 years uh not really any purpose of doing that uh, but I uh, have to give it the the point for giving you the option. Okay. All right. So our final musical break. Take it away, Kyle. All right. Uh, last music break. You know, always try to bring a hot one for uh, everybody out there on the end here. Um, I'm going to go with Town on a River. That is the Raft Fleet theme. Uh, you will probably hear it for at least 14 to 16 hours of your game because you're there a lot. <laughs> And uh, it's a it's a pretty good one. I think it's got a nice uh, you know waterish kind of tune. And uh, hope you enjoy.
Alrighty, uh, that was the show. If you stuck with us this long, we really appreciate it. Uh, as for our next game, uh, we kind of said that already at the start of the show, I, and I almost went to do a review on it. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's Tactics Ogre Reborn, uh, which is the most uh, current uh, edition or version of Tactics Ogre Let Us Clean Together, uh, which I said was on the Super Nintendo and then the PS1. Uh, and then ported to the PSP with some uh, changes and upgrades, and that one was called uh, was a Will of Time. Uh, no, I don't fucking know. It's something else. It has a different uh, title, but it doesn't matter. First time playing it for me. Uh, yeah, I have it on the PSP. I played it for, I don't know, a good like, 60 fucking hours or something like that, and have a strategy guide with it and all kinds of shit, and... Uh, Play. I spent a lot of time. I, I, it is the most I've spent time playing a, a handheld portable game uh, ever, and so I never finished it because I hate mobile gaming. So I'm really excited to be able to finish it uh, now that I'm playing on the PS4. So that'd be great. Um, but uh, Kyle was, uh, I guess, gracious enough to ask for some questions in the Discord chat. Uh, so we can read them off real quick if you guys want to. If you just want to get out of here, that's fine too. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Kyle asked, even though he's going to be on the episode, he wanted to know uh, where everybody ranks this game in the series, which I think we said already. Uh, if you have a favorite character from any game, I'm assuming that means any game in the Suikoden series? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what's your favorite then? Boy, so I had a tough one thinking of this, because there are a lot of characters. Um... I think overall, I boy, I'm gonna suck, and I'm gonna pick two. I'm stuck between uh, Sasserai from the first three games, um, culminating in the third, the True Earth owner. I think in the first uh, game or two, he's kind of, especially in the second game with Luck, uh, he's got a really good sort of mysterious foil, um, a la Uber, but not so prevalent as Uber. And then uh, the other one is actually going to be Futch, Futch and Bright. I think it's really cool that you get to see Futch in the first two games kind of being young, growing up with the young dragon, and then in the third game you get to see a fully grown Futch and Bright, which, I don't know, it, like, it just works for me overall, I think. I think those were fun ones to uh, to interact with. Good picks. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, you go first. I'm still kind of thinking it through. <laughs> I oh. wasn't prepared for it. I knew mine as soon as I read the question. It's got to be Clive from Sweden 2. Good choice. Fucking uh, mysterious gunman. And he's got his own little speedrun quest in there, which adds a little uh, fun challenge for your uh, second or third or fourth playthrough. Uh, if that's something you want to chase, chase his storyline and see where he ends up with... Uh, Elsa, I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not—he's not like the greatest combat character, but he's got a fucking gun in this fantasy world, and that's always pretty fucking sweet. So, uh, if I were to pick like a second one, though, uh, that would be pretty tough for me. <clears throat> but I do like Ghetto from Suikoden Three a lot. Uh, I, I guess I like his personality. And uh, so I'd pick him as a runner-up. Good choices. Yeah. Uh, God, it's... Kevin might have to pass. 
<laughs> I think if I had to pick one, it's got to be Victor. I love Victor. Yeah, it's got to be Victor. Like, I mean, I like Flick and Victor, but I think Victor outshines him by sequel in two. And you go through the whole, you know, Necro. Necroid? Necroid? Necklord? Necklord. Necklord. And getting that sword that talks and that whole kind of thing. Uh, that's a true rune or whatever, right? Um, yeah. Uh, the it, as far as I'm concerned, Flickter is one person, so don't worry about it. Well, I felt like Flick in the second game kind of doesn't have much play, where Victor is a lot more prevalent. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, together they're great, but Victor, I think I like his personality and... You know, he's he's just your solid rock there. So uh, I'm probably going to be mad because I couldn't think of something. Uh, but it's all good. We're all, it's pretty late for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And I did. I just realized I dropped the ball because I should have said Stoltenheim running back to third. But, you know, Ooh, it is what it is. Uh, but your last uh, question was if we have a favorite true rune. And uh, I, I guess I'll have to say mine's Rune of Punishment because I got a fucking tattoo of it. So, well, Really? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I like the, um, I guess, the, the dual nature of it. It was like the Sun Rune before the Sun Rune was cool or whatever, right? Because mm. it's like uh, it has its punishment phase and its forgiveness phase, and then they just like steal that concept with the Sun Rune where it's like destruction phase and rebirth phase. But uh, I like the... In the in the game itself, the concept of uh, as somebody who was bullied a lot uh, growing up, of I guess uh, not letting the I guess the anger control your uh, actions, and learning to I guess forgive people for their transgressions. So it kind of resonated with me a lot. Nice. Oh, like uh, what about rune. what, what about, about you, Kevin? That sword and shield rune together, whatever that one is. Rune of the beginning. Yeah, those those two. Uh, I like. I mean, Sweden Two is one of the best games I've ever played, and uh, the dual nature of you know how they played that whole thing out, I thought was great. And so that rune is the main point, the main focal point of it. So to me, it's the best one. What's yours? Oh boy, tough spot here, but I think I'm going to tip it. I'm going to go with the Night Rune, the Star Dragon Sword. Let's go. Running through all the early games. It's a son of a bitch, but you got to deal with it. And uh, it's an overall good time. My second pick would probably be the uh, the Dragon. Dragon's a nice one, too. Uh, Soul Eater is my second pick. If I were to get another tat, it'd be of that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, oh, Travis wanted to know that, that we are done reviewing all the main games, uh, where we rank the Sweden as a series. Like, overall? Uh, yeah, compared to other, I guess, game series? Or I think RPG series, possibly. Whew, that's, uh, that's hard to... Yeah, it's a, I'd say it's top five. Yeah, for sure. Top five. Uh, I, for me, uh, so the top five, I guess, uh, RPG series would probably be something like uh, Wild Arms, uh, Suikoden, 
uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, I really like Growlancer a lot. And uh, this hard one's this, this last one's like it's a tough one because I want to say like Dragon Warrior Dragon Quest, but I'm not like a super big Dragon Warrior Dragon Quest fan. Uh, and I actually probably like um, God damn it, Dot Hack a lot more than those, so I'd probably say Dot Hack. I did not that I was gonna. Think about dot hack for the first time in like 15 years all night tonight <laughs> um shit you're not wrong though great games i was because i had the same thing i was trying to think like i'd say i'd say sweet is my top three like maybe even top one but honestly i was trying to think what my other two were and it's hard to say um i don't know if dot hacks up there i've never played personas i know a lot of people like them um but but overall, yeah, Suikoden's got to be in my top three series of games. I think it just works really well together. I wish they would have finished all 27 True Ruins. I mean, there's only 15 or 18 or something like that. Um, but, you know, you got what you got out of it, and it was a good run while it lasted. Uh, for me, um, you know, it's going to be Trails is my number one. Um, and I think Witcher is number two. Final Fantasy is probably next. Uh, then probably Mass Effect. And I think Suikoden is rounding out the top five. Because while they're Suikoden, I love like the first couple games and the fifth one. I think there's some stuff in the middle that I didn't like so much. And I mean, to me, I I love playing every like every Trails game is like the best for me so I wish Suikoden was like that but it's just not there for me so yep that's how I feel that's fair mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I totally forgot all about Trails until you mentioned it so I was like wow <laughs> definitely not as big of a fan as you uh, yeah I've only played the one still uh, let's see let's see let's see I mean, Suikoden has to be my top because I have a fucking Uber avatar that I have everywhere. So uh, I can't like I couldn't pick him as a top character because he's not he doesn't have much of a impact in the in the games. But I don't see any more questions, uh, which that means we're done with this. Uh, I'm gonna check our email see if we have any emails. But while that's loading up. Uh, we do have a Discord. Uh, we got a new member the other day, and he said like one thing and stopped posting, which uh, is a surprise to nobody. But if anybody else would like to come in and chat with us, we're more than happy to have you. Uh, it's okay to be a lurker. You can just lurk. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. There's plenty of room. I don't like lurkers. No. Oh, there goes our one new ad. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. Fan of the Zerg. Look, like, I get lonely and bored a lot, and it's the middle of the night for me when everybody, everybody like, it's it's a little disheartening when I wake up and everybody's had, like, nice conversations, but then everybody's, like, done talking by the time I'm able to talk. So I need people in here talking when I'm awake, God damn it. Let's do this. Read it and then reply, like, reply to it, and then they'll reply back. They won't yeah, that, that works too. 
I tried. You don't know the struggles. Uh, but uh, no, no emails either, so that's fine. But we do have an email address. Uh, you can email us at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or you want to uh, say Travis fucking sucks or whatever, you're, like, more, you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, but I don't think we like really look at that very often. So if you want to check it out, you can. Uh, we I have an Amazon affiliate link. You can steal some money from Jeff Bezos to give it to us if you'd like to. Um, I'm not sure how if if this is still like a thing if they're on a hiatus, but you can listen to our friends uh, Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast, and also check out Kevin and Blaine on Video Games the Movie. Uh, I know Blaine's been going through some personal issues, uh, mm-hmm. and we wish him well. Uh, and whatever the, the he's ready to record some stuff, I'm sure he'll have some good content out there. He said that it worked uh, out in his favor uh, so far, but maybe that was that was a couple weeks ago. But uh, yeah, we're just on a hi- hiatus to you know he's ready to record again, and then we'll do some more crappy video game movies. But, uh, cross fingers. Looks like that Mario movie uh, is going to be the most uh, successful one so far. It's got like eighty something million dollars already. Yeah, it did great the first weekend. I was surprised. Yep. So seen it and it doesn't really appeal to me but evidently it's a good family movie it's not like a shitty cash grab so i'm sure that most people that would want to see it would enjoy it from what i've heard and i can't wait till they make 20 more of them (laughs) hey we're almost a nintendo cinematic universe let's go oh boy i saw that 2025 People were like, oh, when they're going to do a Smash Brothers cinematic universe, I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you people? Jesus Christ. But uh, I guess that finishes the show today. Uh, As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye now.